Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. <laughs> that's me I think it was more of a laser and it was kind of invisible he's sitting wrapped up like a douche revved up like a douche revved up like a douche does that mean at 32 or what okay kill it <laughs> or a v-twin Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Labs podcast. I seriously hope we're recording because I can't see anything. Uh, we are. <laughs> Good, thank God. Yes, I did just come back from getting LASIK surgery. More on that later, but I am joined by my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Are you sure? Can you see him? I can see him. It's just everything's blurry. I'll get into it later, like I said. And with us on the line to dish out more abuse to all of each other is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. Too much snare. What is happening? What's happening? I wish I could see. Make it stop! No, we can't do that. Make it stop! Was this recorded on a webcam? This is um, a cover by the puddings. Is there brain pudding? And a lunchbox? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounds like. We gave you good ones. Now we had to come back and give point, you a bad one. I, I give you that a point zero zero nine. Wow. Is that because it can't, go, it can't be zero? That's, that's fucking terrible. <laughs> they should kill themselves. <sighs> yes, they should. Awesome. If only they had a Darth comment of the week. All right. This is going to be a very interesting episode for our listeners. Now, I had oh, mentioned. Do we have listener emails? Now, trust me, we're going to get to all of this. Just let me get through this first part first. All right. I'm doing this show blind because I want my eyes to heal, so I've got sunglasses on in the studio and my eyes closed. You look really cool, by the way. No, I look like Dr. Demento or whatever the hell his name is on YouTube. I forget what that guy's name is, but these are doctor-issued sunglasses. They're not even optically clear. If I take these sunglasses off, I actually see more clear. So Brent had his LASIK surgery to, uh, today. Literally today. I wish everybody could understand how dedicated to this crappy little show that I actually am. I had freaking knives in my eyes and lasers shooting to the back of my brain literally like five hours ago, and I'm recording an episode of this podcast with my eyes closed, hoping that they heal. Um, <laughs> we might as well get into that. So, if anybody's interested in the idiosyncrasies and in, oh, well, intricacies, I should say, of having what I had done, uh, here's the specifics. I had PRK LASIK 
surgery or whatever you want to call it, corrective surgery. There's different types of laser corrective surgery, and there's like LASIK, there's like some other different type of LASIK, and there's PRK, which is a little bit older. I think it's called PRK. Now, the reason they do different ones is because of different cornea depths or like how you're basically the the physical makeup of your eye. Yeah, the shape of it. The shape, the physical yeah. makeup, how yeah. thin or thick your cornea is, things of that nature. So the best option for me was this one, which is a little bit older, but it's a little more accurate. However, it takes a lot longer to recover from. Now I'll go into it. I get there, I get signed in. I popped the Xanax an hour before, so hopefully that helped a little bit. But as somebody who's a rather large human being, I didn't really notice it. Um, but I was ready to go anyway. I'm like, all right, let's do this. I don't care. So I go into the operating room that they got after my payment had cleared, obviously. <laughs> uh, so lay down on the table. Put your head in the thing. They cover up one eye. They tape your other eyelid open with this giant machine above your head. And so with the PRK, you don't just cut your corneal layer and like flap it up and shoot a laser into it and then they flap it back down and you get eye drops. No, no, no. I put it this way to my wife to gross her out. What they did was they took my um, eye... Numbed it up as much as they could. And then I had no idea what they were going to take the corneal layer off with. I thought they used some kind of like machine or whatever. No, no. Not even a scalpel. It was a scalpel that was in the shape of a round cookie cutter. That's the best way I could put it. They, st- I watched the thing come in and touch my eye. And the guy just goes, twists it back and forth a little bit. Like you're trying to cut a circle out of a belt. Takes it back off my eye, more drops, grabs a little tool, and I can see him wipe my cornea away. (laughs) Like a little circular skin flap, whoop, gone. I'm like, oh, that was interesting and uncomfortable. Then they shoot a laser in your eye, a whole mess of cold saline and other juices, and then they put more stuff in your eye and then stick a contact lens that's technically a bandage over top of it, and then they do it all over again. So I had surgical cookie cutters shoved into my eye and then shot with laser beams with my eyes pried open. I've I've seen this technique before. It was uh, actually a long time ago. It was uh, a clockwork orange. It's called the Ludovico technique. Fantastic movie. They didn't play any propaganda for me, though. One of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> I should have brought my phone into the operating center and clicked Mozart when they were starting to cut my eye open. <laughs> lovely, lovely Beethoven. Yo, Beethoven, whatever it is. I'm sorry. I forgot which one they used. But <laughs> so now... Movie. Now you're going to watch that. So now I'm like, okay, well, I don't get that super wow moment of... Holy cow, I can see like a, you know, a fighter pilot or an eagle or whatever. No, my vision's still blurry as hell, you know, because I have to now completely rebuild my own corneal layer underneath a 
bandage contact lens and eye drops and it's going to take like one or two weeks to heal and I'm not allowed What's to What's the failure rate? Very very low. Good. It's actually going to be doing this in a couple of years. Like I said, they 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 warn you that yeah, shit can happen, but like if you just let them do what they do and just don't move, you're fine. You'll live. That's going to be my hard part is I'm such a, a fidgeter. I, I always have been for whatever reason. I so. mean, there were points in it where I kind of lost track of where I was supposed to be looking, and the doctor just kind of stopped, and he's like, hey, all right, you got to look down here. Luckily, he wasn't doing anything really important. He was just kind of washing my eye out and, like, trying to, like, polish it with his little tools and stuff. And he's like, you got to look down a little bit more. I'm like, yeah, I can't see where I'm supposed to be looking. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm just making my muscles work. Basically, yeah, I was just like, okay, I got to focus on the little green dot. It was weird when the laser hit, though, because it was like radio interference in my eye. Like, you could see two, three distinct dots. And then when the machine hit, all of them started, like, on this weird frequency wavelength thing that started going. And then it's like, what's that weird smell? It smells like burning flesh. And then um, it was over, and they... You know what I mean? But I don't think I'm deviated off of it, so I think I was actually looking at the right thing the whole time. It was weird. It's a very weird experience, and uh, it hurts quite a bit, but hopefully, since your eyes here are the fastest healing uh, part of your body, I just keep my eyes closed and do my eye drops whenever I need to. Um, hopefully, it'll be fine. I got another appointment tomorrow at 10 o'clock, and then Friday, I got another one, and then a month from Friday, I got another one, so... We'll get through that, but so that's done, and I've already noticed that I can see better, but obviously I have to still wait for my eyes to completely heal for it to be what I'm looking for, but that's okay. I already knew that ahead of time. I'll be patient. It's not a big deal, but for my other updates, um, I did race on Wednesday, so Thompson was back in session with one of their races. They had the NASCAR Whale and Modified Tour there. And, man, I'm just going to come straight out with it. I am depressed about the car counts that's going on right now. I think I wrote the notes in my uh, Thompson. Um, you want me to dig those up? No, nah, you don't have to. It's off the top of my head. I can actually remember it. I think uh, I wrote the car counts down for each division except for the Whale and Mod Tour. And the Whale and Mod Tour actually had, like, the lowest car count that they've had in a long time as well. Ugh. So um, it's just bad all around. I think SK Lights had 12. I remember because it's a descending order of uh, car counts. SK Lights had 12. Late Models had 11. Street Stocks, uh, Limited Sportsman had 10. And Mini Stocks had 9 cars. Mm. Oof. Yeah, that hurts a lot. It hurts a lot. It almost hurts more than my eyes right now. And I'm sure other people have had LASIK and they're like, what? It's you're a pussy, and it's like, you didn't have what I had. I had cookie cutters jammed in my eyes. <laughs> I feel like the writing's on the wall, sadly. I really do, too. I don't want to say anything out loud, but... I'm not very optimistic. I'm not either. It sucks. I um, mean, it ain't it ain't Florida. You know, shit, shit up there doesn't survive like that. Down really here, doesn't. we get away with it for whatever fucking reason, because they do money laundering scams out of these racetracks, I think. I mean... But, like, Thompson's got to do something. 
if if Hainig wants that oval in any way to ever succeed or survive, even just to lease it out, yeah, you gotta you gotta put some effort into what's going on there. Hooray! The the, the racetrack wins. Part of it closes. Yeah, I mean, when he had Josh Venata as the uh, facility general manager, he could handle everything. He could handle the road course and the oval track side, and he was doing a fine job. But, I can't help but wonder if if they had a full-time someone that dealt with just the oval track situation that isn't focused on ACT and pass and Thunder Road and this track and that car. and they, You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I don't I know. I think they're spread too thin, and, and like I appreciate what the, those guys are doing. But for me, for the longevity of that place, it's not enough. It's not, and it's a fine facility. I mean, they've got great lights. The track is awesome. They got a lot of seating capacity. They have a good sized oh, yeah. midway. They have a good sized pit area. I mean, they have everything going for it. They don't have a mortgage. I mean, they've that road course has paid itself back off already, and the racetrack was already paid off a long time before that. You know what they also have that they do not utilize, hmm. and I will direct this right at Kyle Souza and everybody else in the marketing department at that track. Use your local community. Hmm. The local Facebook group has almost 20,000 people in it. Nobody knows that track still runs. I've posted in there multiple times, hey, Thompson's running this week. And all I get is hundreds, hundreds of comments. Oh, we thought it was just a golf course now. We thought NASCAR had left. We didn't know Oval Track still ran. They don't promote. They have no they idea. They don't take advantage of what's in their backyard, and it falls directly on Kyle and the rest of that group. You're just mad at Kyle because he banned you from the Facebook. Kyle can do whatever he wants, but I'm I'm pointing my finger at him because <laughs> he's, the, he's the visible one. He runs their social media. He does all of that stuff. It's got to fall on someone's shoulders, and I'm sorry that it's Kyle, but if he's the one that's running this stuff, that's who it's got to fall on. Well, I don't know if the track either gives him a budget for marketing either. So, doesn't matter. It takes know. a five minute post just to share it. You go just, to the go I to the group's gotta... pa- the 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 website or Thompson's Facebook page. Follow the group, and just every time you share a post, share it with it. That's all I do share amongst community posts because nobody uses yeah. uh, newspapers anymore so that's basically the new yeah. newspaper that's what i do a- and idea. i get so many hits on my facebook page because of that hmm. <clears throat> it's not a bad idea like i said print media is pretty much dead it's so, self-promotion it, yeah it's, it's simple it, it's the new way to promote but community but we pages gotta are utilize yeah. like kyle does a great job i will give him credit that the, the the announcing he does is great there, I think. The interviews on pit, after the race are great. And, and he seems to run everything as far as, like, the social media okay. But even though I can't see the website, which I can, but I have other ways, um, <laughs> utilize the other tools that are in front of you is what that place – and it's not just Kyle. It's, it's different managers and marketing people all along haven't used it, but he's the current one there. I think I don't know. I, I've got to look into it more, but well, Julie told me that he but, was uh, the one there right now. At either rate, I mean, 
it stinks that there's that many cars left, and uh, it never used to be that way, even for midweek shows. I mean, and that's just one of many problems. It's, there's I mean, too many. Oh, yeah. Mighty. There's, there's a whole laundry list. There's too we could, many. We could do a special episode of what we think is wrong with each track. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we could do a whole episode about Thompson. The rules are fucking ruining everything there. The marketing team doesn't do hard, hardly anything other than just post to the same people that always see everything every week. The people who like your page are the one are the only ones coming to the track. you got to reach new ones. Yeah. You run on so, Wednesdays. Yeah, Wednesdays are terrible, too. Let's be fair. Horrible. Uh, like, but, but that's yeah. not that's not Kyle or or, no. or Mishad or whoever no. No. else is involved there. That's not their fault. That's general. what the track gives them. That's the facility. But like, yeah. They, I I get why they do it. Mm-hmm. But put it on Thursdays, so you're not going up against Waterford at least, or Stafford. However, yeah. you can't because the guys who run that place run Thunder Road. Thunder Road works on Thursdays. So. Then hire a staff to run the place. Why can't we go know. Sundays? <laughs> why, don't, why don't you do something different mm. and run on Mondays? You want to fuck people up? <laughs> run I'd, on Monday. I would love to this run tra- on Mondays. There's tracks all over the country that do it. I, I watch them on Flow all the time. I would love to run on Mondays. I have that day off all the time. Monday races would really be interesting. I'd be curious how it would work. We'd have to record on Tuesdays, but, you know. Anyway, um... Yeah, so we, from the racetrack. Yeah, I forgot that I had raced there this weekend. So anyway, we had uh, got our heads together. Me and Joe Brockett got our heads together and uh, put a few ideas back in the car to try to make it do what we want it to do. And uh, I was concerned because I had fe- I felt like the engine kind of flat the last race. I'm like, something's just not right. It just feels flat. So I went through it and tried to figure it out, and I could hear it popping and farting at mid-RPM as I revved it up, and I'm like, okay, something's not right. So I pulled all the spark plugs because I thought maybe we fouled one or something. Changed it out. That didn't work. I changed the whole distributor out. I'm not going to just piecemeal the thing. So I did that. That didn't work. Once I changed the spark plugs out, I reached for, I think, the number five spark plug, and... (coughs) Excuse me. The uh, boot have I have like those fireproof like fiberglass boots like the heat resistant ones. The covers, yeah, the little slide on right. covers on on my boots just so they don't burn through them as fast. Well, I checked it and the whole thing came off the wire on number five, and then I pulled it apart and it was burnt. Like the whole spark plug wire was burnt. Well, there's your problem. Yep. And uh, I guess it was a little too close because the boot itself wasn't burnt through. It was the plug wire that got burnt regardless. So I'm like, oh, that's arcing. That's my uh, misfire. So I changed it out with some extraordinarily far too long replacement spare whatever spark plug wire that I had to wrap around a roll bar twice to get it to fit. (laughs) Whatever you got laying around. That was pretty much it. And so I put that on and immediately fixed it. Like, we had power again. Like, okay, good. That was an easy fix. No problem. I checked all the rest of them. Everything else was good. Good to go. So we made our changes. We brought it to the track. And uh, I take it out for first practice. And uh, I was actually surprised at how good it was. Like, this was the best car I've driven in a few years at least. And 
it was just phenomenal. I was like, I was slow because I didn't, I wasn't used to driving something like that. So I had to like try to keep inching my way into pushing it more and more and more. And then practice was over and I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's good enough, I guess. I'll learn later in the heat race. So I reported those findings back and, you know, we were happy and we didn't change a thing. Didn't touch a bolt, didn't do anything. I think maybe we closed the stagger up just a hair to try to tighten it up a little more. Well, we go out for the heat race. I say the heat race because we only had one. And um, I go down into turn one, and I'm like, all right, cool. I had a good car in practice. Let's see what uh, let's see what it does. I turn the wheel into turn one, and the car goes straight. Just front wheels straight off into turn one. I almost ran into whoever was next to me. Then I touch the throttle, and I'm on ice driving off the corner. So I'm like, all right. So we just reverted back to exactly what the car did before without touching it. Awesome. So that just slapped me across the face. I think it was, I think I called it a gut punch because that's pretty much what it was. You know, we had a car that was so awesome and it turned into complete shit with the only thing that was different was track conditions. Rubber on the track. I drops. Is it 7:30? Yeah. 7:30. All right. I have to do some medicated eye drops. Jesse, why don't you talk about how bad tour rubber is while I do this? Okay. So, tour rubber, if your car has, and I'm, I'm not telling Phil anything different, but for the listeners, if, you have, if your car is not perfect or on rails, it will exacerbate any flaw that you have in your chassis or in your suspension about four to five fold. If your car was just a hair tight, it's going to be over the moon. If it was loose, you're going to be chasing the ass end all the way up to the wall. No matter what you do, it's you have to. It, it has to be as close to dead nuts, or you're driving what you got. More most often than not, when we race against tour rubber, not a lot of passing goes on. Never, because the middle of the groove is where the racetrack is at Thompson, and when you're on that tour rubber, nobody's got grip. You got no lateral grip whatsoever. And guess where the tour races? Yeah, the tour races right in the, in the middle, middle of the, the racetrack or up top. Just like everybody else. Yep. So you have what you have, and you're lucky that you're going to have to get anything on a restart. That's pretty much where you're going to get your track position is a restart, and that's about it. Yep. And uh, if you're actually fast enough to pass, well, you good might on, win the race. Good on you because you'll probably be able to win because it's usually slot cars, no passing, no nothing. It's terrible. I hate racing on tour rubber. Pass rubber is just as bad, if not worse. Uh, NEMA rubber is bad. Super modified rubber is pretty bad. Like anything, You know what's really interesting? Anything sticky sucks. What's that? The rubber that I'm on now doesn't get affected by that. Because you're the guys that put down the bad rubber for us street stocks. <laughs> I like it. That's it. He's the offending guard. I'm that guy. asshole now that everybody hates. That's it. All oh, those goddamn sportsman cars are here, you know, with their with their cheese, you know, Fucking wedge nine bodies. The you know. wedge bodies and nasty Door rubber and all offset chassis. Who do they think they are putting shit rubber down our track? Well, you know what's really, you know what's really funny. What's that? 
The tour guys complain about us taking their rubber off the track. <laughs> no, it's my rubber. <laughs> so you know Fuck what? Fuck you. It's our racetrack. Get your shit off of it. So I'm like, I don't care about you. You know what's funny? They have when to these... deal with it at every single racetrack they go to. Yeah. So what's the problem? They always bitch about something. Like I had to go to the I had to go to the scales to fix something once, and I had a tour car behind me, and they were bitching that there was a street stock on the scales. And I'm like, who's the tour car? I'm like, go fuck every single one of you. I don't care about you. You could go away today, and I wouldn't give a shit. Probably some chump in the back marker and be like, hey, I may be a street stalker, but I'm at least content. Nah, they were fucking mid packers. Who gives a shit? Yeah, they're chumps. Sapienza? (laughs) No, it wasn't Dave. He wasn't that bad. He's Um, got money. He's got his own scales. He's He's feisty. When he when he gets mad, he's fun. <laughs> yeah, fuck them all. Anyway, um, so I'm pissed, and uh, Joe's just kind of putting his mind to it. Just like, okay, I don't really want to turn bolts, but we got to figure something out quick because, you know, when everybody has one fucking heat race, uh, you're going back on the track really goddamn fast. Um, I didn't even get my complete fire suit off because I could take my jacket off. I didn't even get it off before they were calling us back out. Um, so we made a bunch of adjustments. I think we made a wedge and a bar adjustment trying to get the thing, and we opened, or we put the stagger back the way it was, and we shoved, we went to go back out on the racetrack because they had the mini stock scheduled to go first, and then we were supposed to go, and then they thought that they could fit two features in in 20 minutes before tour qualifying, and the rest of us were like, that's never going to happen, uh, especially no. when you roll the mini stocks on track at 6.07. We're like, so they made us all line up, and then we all had to get out of our cars for like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's a bit ambitious. Come on. Yeah, we knew that wasn't going to happen, so whatever. Uh, I walked over to the trailer and got a nice cold water and chugged the whole thing and got my cameras all set up. I thought you were going to say a beer. I wish I could have, but no, I don't really even drink that anymore. Um, Down here you do. I don't. (laughs) But um, he's not there, is he? Well, yeah, exactly. I'm like, there, am I? Um, Fair. So, I forgot what the fuck I was going to say, but... So um, you got our water from the trailer. Yeah, and I've got my cameras all set up because I filmed a video that you can go watch over at youtube.com slash Brent Gleason. Waterman gave you a tire that sabotaged you. No, it didn't sabotage me because I didn't put it on. Thank you. I do need to mention that. Um, Everybody knows publicly... How we've been around the Watermans for the last well, quite a while, and especially honest. especially Jesse. <laughs> what honest? <laughs> no, I mean around it... each other, even racing each other, being you know all et cetera, right? It's oh. volatile. It's well, I mean, it's racing shit. Oh, and um, yeah, I'm I'm there and I'm by myself at the time, and I'm just kind of trying to get the car ready for practice, and Ryan walks over. With a brand new tire, it's still on a rim, but it's a brand new tire. Still has you know the nubs on it, never been run. He's like, "Hey, can you use this size?" And I looked at it. And I'm like, "Yeah, I could use that." And he just rolls it to me and says, "Bring me the rim back when you're done." So I said, "I'll give you the rim back right now." I went in the trailer, grabbed my tire, bead brake and stuff, and took it all apart, handed him his rim right back, and said, "Thank you." And I'm like, "Wow, that was an incredibly nice gesture." And you know, I, I'm touched because a lot of people would just, like, let the the guy like me just struggle, you know. And he's like, here, have a tire. You know, I can't use it. You use it. 
And uh, even with all of our past and everything, he's just, here you go, dude. You know, I'm like, well, thank you. You know, it's just a nice thing to do, and I figured I'd put it out there for everybody. And it paid off for him karmically at the end of the night. So uh, we'll get there eventually. But um, so I put that. We're all race family, though. That's the thing. Yeah, so I I put it in the trailer. It's very dysfunctional. It's very dysfunctional family, yeah, but we are all family. Um, Families fight. Exactly. But dysfunctional ones yes i put it in the trailer and uh went along with the rest of the day but yeah we're we got delayed for the feature and uh i get back in the car finally and buckle myself in we go roll out and i think i started seventh because i didn't even qualify inside the top high qualifier whatever it was i think it was six i didn't even finish in the top six i'm like jesus so i'm like way in the back here and I'm not have, being optimistic because I know Tor Rubber and I'm like this is just going to be a freaking slot car taxi cab fest and I know it and so we go fire off and it's exactly what it is the car is better than it was but it's still not good okay here we go so we ride around it literally goes green to checker <laughs> green to checker Tor Rubber single file boring ass race where i'm just like i'm out here for 20 laps wasting my brakes and tires and fuel like what am i doing out here uh ryan was like the only car that was able to pass uh he got some done early pretty quick and then ran down uh sundine and got by him late and uh ryan ended up winning so i told him it was good karma for giving me that tire early. okay are we good yeah, just a little, little problem. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I guess our recording shut off, so <laughs> that's great. Anyway, we'll go into talking about my late model because I still have that thing. Don't know exactly what I'm going to do with it yet still, but if you're interested in viewing that or if you knew, I, I'm still running into people who didn't know that I had that thing, and I'm like, well, maybe you should subscribe to my YouTube. I'm sure I've already pushed it earlier in the episode, but youtube.com slash Brent Gleason again. Uh, go subscribe if you haven't already. But yeah, I'm working on that thing now just to kind of get my mind off of the street stock and how much we've been struggling with that thing, even though, yeah, we're we're kind of making progress, but man, it's... I think I said it in the video. I, I said, in order for you to create a masterpiece out of stone, you have to take giant chunks off of it and then refine the small pieces later. But we were kind of um, taking the small pieces off every time, I guess, and it just feels like it take it's or it's uh, taking forever, and it's just been a real uh, trying time with the street stock. And yeah, I'm glad we're making progress, but man, is it slow. So anyway, the late model, I'm just kind of piddling with that thing. I was starting to film a new video where I found all the little. Um, tiny little mistakes and stuff that I just keep kind of shaking my head at. And uh, you'll see it eventually when I finally get done with my eyes not falling out of my head or being cut out with cookie cutters. and um, Listening to Beethoven. Yeah, listening lovely, to that. Lovely, lovely Beethoven. And uh, I've still got the body off it. I'm still trying to get work done on it. Again, I'm going to be out for like a week or two, so I can't really do grinding or any work because if I damage my eyes, I'm pretty screwed at this point until they fully heal. I'm going to buy in bulk as many uh, safety glasses as I 
possibly can because I'm going to live with those because I've had glasses for I don't even know how long 30 over 30 years at least and so they've been such a normal part of life that it's going to feel weird without them so I'll probably wear them just out of uh, security blankets sake but I'm working on uh, all the little stupid little things I keep finding on the late model and I genuinely hope that the people I bought it from don't watch because I just keep kind of poking fun <laughs> about the things that I'm finding like uh, one of the mufflers was not legal I'm like okay so that's weird uh, and I found one brake rotor different than another one and it wasn't even riding properly on the brake pads and the exhaust gaskets were not for that particular engine like they just didn't made up so there's a big gap or a big like flange just hanging out in the exhaust port i'm like dude what is happening so i'm just finding all the little stupid mistakes and try trying to fix those and i don't really know where i'm gonna go with that thing yet but um if somebody makes the right offer on whatever race car i own i think anything's for sale for the right price so anyway I think that'll be enough of my updates. We go racing again at some point in September. I'm terrible at looking it up, but, uh, you know, if I actually did a little bit of research, I probably would have figured it out ahead of time. But I know it's mid-September. Uh, if I if I pulled up my, ma- uh, my map, it's not a map, it's a calendar, stupid. Uh, I bet you I'd be able to find it. I bet you it's September 13th if I had to wager a guess. That looks like sure, a Wednesday. Pretty sure you're correct, yeah. <laughs> that wagers, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that looks like a uh, mid-whatever-week September date, so mid I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say anymore, for God's sakes. Anyway, uh, I think I'm all done with my updates. I'll just toss it to Phil because my eyes are burning and i'm just literally trying to get through a show without opening them so you go right well, some ahead. idiot let me loose with a sawzall this weekend well How we, dare they we weren't there to supervise you that's why yeah that's that's a big problem usually i'm um, the idiot with the sawzall since i've owned this car the x underneath it has been questionable from drive shaft after drive shaft uh, we no longer use that drive shaft company. Is that uh, coming is, apart on us? Is that car old enough to drink? That car is. That car is old, old enough, enough to have kids in college. That car is old enough to not be allowed in the draft. <laughs> that car it's is 80. on its thirtieth anniversary tour currently. Oh shit! Well, maybe so, they'll still draft them. Who knows? I uh, I don't know if anybody saw my. As of today, Monday, recording Instagram story, I did post a, a couple pictures. I cut the entire X uh, and top link mount and panhard adjuster and battery box and lead trays out of the bottom of that car and found that they were substantially bent uh, and sprung. When I made the first cut, uh, it, it popped about an eighth of an inch, and I thought that's what it was going to be. But as I made each cut, they progressively moved more. Uh, and it was about an inch sprung when done, and the car now sits on jack stands nicely. So, How uh, far did you jump back when the pipe finally separated? Oh, I've had to do that before. I didn't jump back. I was sitting under the car. I pulled the transmission and the exhaust <laughs> out of the car, so I'm sitting there 
with my back against the bell housing, kind of leaning there with the, I didn't use a sawzall for, for some of the cuts because it was kind of tough to get in there with the angle I needed to. So I, I used a, a cutoff wheel with a smaller disc on it and just kind of precision cut around where I needed to go. I'm sitting here doing visual cues as if people can see. That's okay. It helps I, you even, explain. Even Ooh, I can't see I because my eyes have been closed the whole time and I'm wearing sunglasses it, it, When you do that, it helps you explain because you're working through it yeah. in your mind. So that's all good. Dude. So, <laughs> so. As, as I cut, I mean, I knew there was a bind in the car somewhere. The left rear of the car... Uh, and just the rear of the car in general had some dead bars in it. And I figured there was a bind on the chassis at some point. So I'm going to replace all of that. I'm going to replace the pan hard mounting location. Uh, I'm going to replace the top link mounting location. I'm going to put a brand new X in it, lead trays, um, new battery box. Might relocate the battery box a little bit too. Um, and then a friend of mine is going to come over and help me uh, reinstall the seat and the seat belts to kind of NASCAR tech spec and make the car just overall a little bit safer. I'm going to add a headache bar to the to the chassis next to my head on the left um, and just invest in the car. We've been making gains with it. It's been getting faster and faster every time to the track. So even though I've got that Port City chassis sitting there, I feel like it's worth continuing with this until we don't make any gains anymore. I mean, if it's sprung that much, you got to have at least a little bit of hope that you can rebuild it and it's okay. I mean, all cars oh. have a little spring to them, even a brand new car. If you cut a bar off of it, it's still going to spring. Maybe not an inch, that's for goddamn sure. No, nope. But all yeah. of them are sprung to some extent. So it's like, yeah, it's the, it's the exception that proves the rule. Kind of, sort of, but I mean, you have to after 30 years gonna have to have a little spring to it yeah yeah and i mean this this car was taking two and a half to three percent less cross than the team cars so next time when it goes back to the track i'm gonna just go with a complete team setup because now my top link my pan hard that's gonna all mimic the team stuff the front clip's pretty close even though it's not an rfd motorsports clip done by daniel it's Every bit is good. is It's positioned how it needs to be, and it's installed correctly. So, um, like every little bit matters on these cars, and it's so damn much work. More more than a metric car, I think, because with a metric car, there's only so much you can do. But with these, you can mount the suspension anywhere you want it in the rear. Mm. So, as long as you have a certain length lower trailing arm. You can do whatever the fuck you want. That's yeah. something I want to do with my car too. I want you. You can't use biscuits or or, or uh, center pole stuff. They have to be straight links. That's really? the only thing. Yeah, it's that's something I, I believe I can do. I, it might have to be even links, but I believe I can work with like center pole stuff and a yeah. biscuit here or there. But it's got to be only one stuff like that. I I really think. Not not with the SRL tour, because that's not that the guys at New Smyrna are bad, but the SRL guys, it's just they do it more. Mm. And they, they race at a higher level than what the weekly guys at New Smyrna do. And I think I can go to New Smyrna and win. Mm-hmm. I think we're there, and we're gaining ground on where we run with the SRL guys, because now, now I'm contending for top tens with SRL. 
instead of fighting to stay on the lead lap in 18th. Right. So it's just progress, and I don't want to give up on this car just yet. That and it's it's cool to beat all these eighty thousand dollar, you know, museum pieces with <laughs> nineteen ninety three Dillon chassis. Thing used to be a leaf spring car for Christ's sakes. Ew. Stock <laughs> stock clip leaf spring car. Jesus. What? <laughs> Used to be a chariot in the, in the Roman Colosseum. It, it's that's basically yeah, what this thing is on the wheels. But I just I feel like I got to get this thing back to victory lane. It's got so many damn wins on it. It's got to have more in it. It could. It could very well. I think it does. That was one thing that I was kind of hoping for when I cut my car apart. I was really hoping to see a lot of spring. I didn't get it. <laughs> I was hoping not to. It it honestly freaked me out when I made the first cut and it bounced. I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> I was hoping to because then it would have explained a lot to me. And then I'm like, nope. Yeah. Didn't happen. Well, I mean, we finally got my car to turn center, but now I have no drive off. It's like I'm driving a super late model. I have to be so easy on the throttle because it just wants to spin out. You have the Which, exact same problem I do. My car, yeah, I, I like bury it in the corner. I like corner. driving a car like that, but it's not fast. I can, it's fun, yeah, because it's the challenge. Yeah, I can absolutely bury my car into the corner and through center, but the second I touch the throttle, I'm like dead. I had I had more than one person come up to me when I when I had that good night at Auburndale, actually two races ago is technically what it is at this point, but uh, the last race before. Smyrna at Auburndale, I had multiple people come up to me and be like, I have not seen anybody be able to drive in that hard and still make center. And mm. the car just fucking turns. Like, it stops and it turns. It doesn't get off. <laughs> that sounds about right. Sounds like a personal problem. Sounds exactly what I'm going through right now. Phrasing? You can't get off? Nope. Are we not saying phrasing anymore? Oh, yeah. Phrasing. I wish Jesse would keep the ticker up so that I could know that this thing hasn't shut off on us again. <laughs> Onward and upward. We have another segment to move on to. Yeah, I'm this done is like... This is, Mike, Mike ain't going to be on the track till October. So. This is like the second or third time in our show's history that we'll just be talking here and we'll be like 45, 50 minutes or an hour into the show and find out that the show shut off at about... I don't know, 15, 20 minutes in, and then we got to go back and redo all of it, which is yeah. Awesome. We started at 7 p.m., and it is now 8.39. So you you guys listening, do the math. Yeah. Anyway. We had a great rehearsal. Anyway. Yeah, so that brings us to our second segment of the show. Where is... I hand my notes off to Jesse because I don't want to look at a screen right now because it hurts. Yep, it is our most critically acclaimed and... Uh... Yeah, most much popular anticipated. Yeah, much anticipated popular segment. It is called the Darf Comment of the Week. God, my face hurts so much. My forehead's sweating. <laughs> Your face is killing me too. Uh, my forehead's sweating for other reasons. I don't know why, but one eye hurts more than the other one, and they're both closed. I'm like, uh, come on. Anyway. So, our Darf comment of the week comes from Brent, 
who I did things. He did manage to see this one through. You needed just a rim shot sound bite for all the eye jokes that we've been making the whole time. Oh, I do have one. Oh, well, that's perfect then. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, it comes from uh, Nick. At Nick Bauman. Nine underscore 16. Bauman. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's got, yep, he's a very avid, <laughs> a very avid, <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing, an avid Chris Busher fan. It's both his profile uh, and nice wall. guy. And, yeah, what is that? The profile and the wall or whatever. The secondary yeah. photo. Yeah, I'll just. Yeah, whatever. He's the most boring driver next to Chase Elliott and wallpaper paste. And has won more than Chase Elliott this year. Yeah. Also. Womp womp. But he's a Chase Elliott fan and Chris Buescher fan and also Cowboys fan, Steelers fan. You can't have two NFL teams. You you know, know, go fuck yourself. Pick a struggle. Overrated. You can only serve one master. Pick a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> As Gen Z would say. He posts on August 20th. Has 117,000 views. August 20th of this year. Oh, yeah. 118,000 views. Really? Yeah. So you this is a good one. pub on this? Oh, probably because everybody else commented that he was a fucking idiot, too. Yes, he is a fucking retard. So, anyway, his, he says, fire Alex, fire Alan Gustafson, period. Now, all caps, exclamation point. That's cruise control for cool. Yeah. I'm done with this fraud of a crew chief. He's been carried by elite drivers his entire career and hasn't done jack shit to show for it. I'm over it. And then he shows a he shows a screenshot from RacingReference.com and it shows all the drivers that he that Alan Augustus and his crew chiefed along with the starts and wins and stuff, all the way from uh, Kyle Busch before he was really Kyle Busch. Uh, one was Casey Mears, which Casey Mears was and never was. Mark Martin at, at the Casey end of his Mears career. Casey Mears Casey Mears. Come on. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Mark Martin in 2009 when he won five races. For, at the end of his at career. At the end of his career. Jeff Gordon for the last five years when he was right before he retired. At the end of his career. At the end of his career and still won four races in 2014 with him. And then Chase Elliott from... 2016 until now with the relief drivers too. So this guy's had Kyle Busch before he was Kyle Busch, yeah. Mark Martin at the end of his career, Jeff Gordon at the end of his career, and Chase Elliott, who is a completely mid-driver that's carried by his equipment. Yeah, and all of this talent, and Sorry. you still, and you have 38 wins. That's it. How do you still have job? Three, three question marks. How do you still have job? All caps. He didn't say a job? No, it says still have job. Okay. <laughs> Great English, bud. I mean, yeah, everybody is shit on him, so it's pretty good. I mean, 38 wins as a crew chief is pretty fucking good. Yeah, that's really good. You, th you think serious? about it. I mean, look at look at guys who are much more famous like Dale Jr. Dale Jr. got, yeah, he got like, what, two or three Daytona 500s, but he also only had like 26 wins. Winning five races in 2009 with Mark Martin. Winning Mark Martin was probably over 50 goddamn years old. Winning four races with Jeff Gordon in 2014, a year Same. before he retired. And winning five races with Chase Elliott in 2020. Yes, that's why he has a job and a championship. Yeah. 
He's not Chad Canals. I don't know what this guy expects. Yeah, this this is the Chase ridiculous. Elliott fans are all the new fans who know nothing of the sport in general. Because hey, let me. Oh, go ahead. They're like uh, Montreal Canadian fans. They're all cancer. Let, let me ask you guys an interesting question. Hmm. Who's a better crew chief, Chad Canals or Alan Gustafson? Alan's done it with multiple drivers. Chad's only done it with one. Chad. Chad has seven championships right now. Chad has seven championships. I know, but how much of that is driver? How much of that is only driver? Would he have done it with someone else? Probably 20%. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, Chad is arguably one of the greatest crew I'm not kidding. I mean, drivers are are a little bit. I mean, you have to have a good driver. They're a very small portion of the equation. This is asphalt, high-level racing. I really would have liked to see what Chad could have done with maybe someone else. Maybe, but I mean. I, I don't think he was done as a crew chief. Maybe, but I mean, it's it's a chemistry thing. But it, what if? But the point is, is that this guy is a fucking retard. And, oh yeah, and he's, absolutely, he's just Gustafson is one of the top crew chiefs in the in the series. He's, he's part and parcel with all of the Chase Elliott fans because Chase Elliott fans are fair weather racing fans because they pick the guy who's the most personable looking and the most legacy and the most uh, overrated. Top, yeah, the most overrated. The most promoted and the most whatever. He's essentially been made the face of the sport. And these people just latch on to him and whatever he does is perfect. And if anybody else could possibly be at fault for his failure, I guess it's Alan Gus. They're gonna be the ones that take all of the blame for it. So of course they're gonna jump on Alan Gus. Is it Alan Gustafson's fault that he fucking went snowboarding and hit a tree and had his leg come out the outside of his skin? And turn inside out and explode. No, yeah, I don't think it's Alan Gustafson's fault. And guess what? He's going to suck this year and suck all year. It's not going to yeah. happen. Chase He'll Elliott. Come back from I'm that. Not gonna, what? I'm not going to. Chase Watch is down to one race. I'm not even going to mince words here. Chase Elliott is not an elite level driver. No. He's just not. He started he in life on third base. He's literally no better than Corey LaJoy. He's not. He just has better equipment. And he's always had better equipment, and allegedly, I'm going to put that in, in extraordinarily strict terms, allegedly, uh, we've seen or heard um, that NASCAR likes to, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, manipulate the outcomes of races through, let's just say, rather underhanded means that are not known to the public, allegedly, and um, who better to bring in younger fans than somebody like a Chase Elliott. He's already got a fan base. He's got Bill Elliott's. Right. He, yeah, he had a built-in fan base. Yeah. He went to the best team. He like, started life on third base and expected to hit it and thinks that he hit a triple. We'll talk more it's about his. that later. Yeah. And so I just he's, he's just not he's not all that. He's not what you think he is. I mean, you go stick him in something like a SRX car, he sucks. If you stick him in a super late model, it's going to be the best, the best, the best equipment, and he still can't do much with it. So it's face facts. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll you tell can't you. blame the crew chief for He's the team. He's a B plus driver. The He's crew a B+ chief. Driver. The crew chief took a gamble to try to put him in the best possible position. Made one calculation error, or was actually given 
a calculation error based on the size of the tank, which he didn't know, or the reserve tank, I should say, and that's what cost him the race. So you can't even put it on him or Chase. You put it on the whole team, but everybody wants Alan Gustafson to freaking get fired for one little mistake when his driver simply can't get it done on the racetrack regardless this season. He wouldn't have won anyway. No, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have won, and it wouldn't have put him in a points um, position that would have put him any closer to making it in on points. And if somebody else goes and wins Daytona, or even somebody else won today, or not today, but Sunday, if William Byron hadn't won but somebody who was outside looking in like Bubba Wallace, Chase wasn't getting in anyway. Well, Bubba Wallace is in, though. Yeah. Technically, yes, but he's not. He's not locked in. He's not I locked mean. in. If he'd won, he would have locked in, and Chase would have been out anyway because he would have beat him on points. So it didn't matter. Well, I'll tell you what, it's Nick all theoretical, obviously. Nick Bauman nine, uh, Nick Bauman nine underscore sixteen is really, yeah, it fired up. And I think he's a little overheated for this, which I think if you're a little Guy's bit a little if, hot, yeah, if you're a little hot, you know, this makes him that hot. I think he should drink some some engine coolant. Drink some antifreeze to drink cool off. Drink some antifreeze. Yeah, drink <laughs> antifreeze to cool off. <laughs> okay. Andy should do what, Jesse? And definitely, you know, kill yourself for being so fucking dumb. You've Good. won our DARF content, your, our DARF comment of the week this week. May God have mercy on your soul. And drink antifreeze. <laughs> kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. the fuck? Don't drink antifreeze. Please, please kill yourself. I'm eating brownies as I count. You need more breakfast, man. I know, I gotta keep going after we fuck this up already. Oh, man. All right, well. Nothing like doing a show twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, that'll bring us into news we missed last week because we released a show too early, also known as Not So News. Perfect. Thank you, Coach. NASCAR Truck Series field fillers Chris Hacker and Jason White. I forgot I wrote that. <laughs> field fillers. I mean, Hacker is such a good name for him. That's oh, we got more name. about Hack later. Yeah. So, yeah. They were both suspended by NASCAR indefinitely because they both got DUIs in two separate incidents at separate times. P.S. That's DUIs. Yeah. Um. <laughs> If you put a gun to my head and told me which truck that they were driving, I wouldn't have known. You'd have to pull the trigger and end my no, shit. I have no fucking clue. You'd have to. End There's my also shit. multiple Jason Whites. Yeah, so. which I didn't even know about. I'm I like, thought it was the same guy because they're all terrible. Yeah, you have to end my shit. I have no idea, what, man. One Jason White is almost one Daytona a couple times. Yeah, and where's he now? I hope he's not in jail. He's probably out fishing with John. What's his face? Who won that one truck race and then never? John appeared. King. John yeah. Rex Weekly. No, John King. No, he's dead. No, yeah, he's dead. He. Oh, oh my. We really need to do a bonus episode on John. Oh yeah, John West, West Townley. He's dead. He. Yeah. Yeah. He. Oh, that's a. That's a. That's a fucking. That's a crime in sports episode. That's a story. Yes. If nobody's. If nobody heard yes. about how John West Townley died. Holy shit. Oh, it's wild. He died like a pro wrestler. Bro, he was Chris Benoit. He went after. Okay, short story. Tangent. Here's a short story will be 30 minutes. Here's a short story. This is what happened in uh, layman's terms. I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. Yeah. Um, he and his wife were separated. Um, apparently, he went kind of psychopath and went to 
his wife's apartment, house, whatever, estranged wife, I should say, because they were separated, probably getting a divorce. And she had a new boyfriend at the time who she was seeing, and he was there. And Townley attacked both of them with an axe. And the boyfriend said, fuck around and find out, and shot him. In chest. <laughs> yep, and put him down. That's how John West Townley died. Bye-bye. How fucked is that story, huh? Bet a lot of people didn't know that. He anyway, found out. Yeah, he fucked around and definitely found out. God damn it, my eye hurts. So. Move on, Jess. Anywho, Chris Hacker and uh, Jason White. Yep, they are suspended indefinitely. Uh, let's see here. According to tobychristie.com, Hacker was charged with driving while impaired. That's a Dewey. Mm-hmm. The uh, also he faces charges for speeding, no surprise there. Reckless driving to endanger, which is part and parcel. And here's the kicker: failure to wear a seatbelt. Have you not been in a in a truck series wreck? You've got to be. You're that far back in the truck. <laughs> he has to have been at one point. You should be like at the point where it's like second nature. Yeah. Hyper-vigilant. Don't you think that? Don't you think that road cars don't have enough seatbelts? Are you fucking retarded? Sometimes I'm like, this is all I got. Yeah, because I'm re- on. I drive 95 every day, so I always question what the hell's going on around me. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Anyway, so those yeah. idiots got arrested. Different dates, it's different just- situations, different places, and both. You know, NASCAR found out about yeah. them. So now they got court dates and their career probably done. Whatever career was. Not much of one. Let, was yeah, whatever Yeah. Wasn't much of a career, let's be fair. And there's a third member that also got I guess they're really cleaning out the house ha- cleaning out the house here. You know, because they also Yeah, we didn't really even hear about the third guy, but we found yeah. but my exhaustive research found a third one. Yeah, which is funny because he's a sex offender. Why does that happen? You know, they sweep them under the rug real good. Why don't we go into it? Yeah. Yeah. Joe Courage also indefinitely suspended. He was arrested last week on charges. He failed to register as a sex offender in North Carolina. The Guilford County Sheriff's Office said Courage, who's 44, was operating E33 Motorsports and Development in Mooresville. The business promotes itself as helping find and develop young drivers. Keep that in mind. For NASCAR and other series. Also, yeah, young drivers for NASCAR, other series, and his pathetic wiener. Because why? Yeah. Anyway, Courage was convicted in California in 2008 on 14 sex offenses. The sheriff's 14 office. 14 sexual offenses. Why isn't he in jail? Uh, that's my question. Want to know more about this guy? I well, do, actually. Well, here you go. He was previously working as the senior manager of Rick Ware Race Racing. From oh, he'll fit right in with their abusive ass <laughs> culture. God Almighty! Both the Ware kids. At I feel so sorry for charges. Tommy Baldwin and Justin Haley. What have you walked into? You know. I know. You and like know, I and said, the the two Rick Ware boys, Cody and Shane Ware, both they're got crime D- and sports. Yeah, they have DVs on them, so that's a learned trait. So guess where they probably learned that from? Allegedly. Yeah, so we'll they, see. This guy probably fit right in. So, their HR department is probably a torture chamber. Yeah, <laughs> he worked there for <laughs> for from, the victims. Yeah, from February twenty twenty <laughs> to October twenty twenty two. 
I feel bad laughing at that. According to the North Carolina Sex Offender Registry, Courage was convicted in February of 2008 for crimes that took place in October of 2007 in Sacramento, California. Okay. The registry lists 11 sex offenses involving a minor. 11 with a what? With 11 with a minor. So this guy's a diddler. So he's a diddler. Yeah. And he ran a business in Mooresville. Yep. Where he recruited, quote unquote, young racers. To diddle. Which was the fine print, apparently. Yep. Uh, in order for him to, quote unquote, promote them. So he was essentially bringing the livestock to the farm. Shoot him in the head. And a dick. Point blank with a 50 cal. And then Shh. do and what it. the Vietnamese did and cut his after, dick off. Yeah, and put after you shoot him in the dick. There won't be a mouth left. That's okay. He's got a neck hole. Just <laughs> you do that right down Just the neck hole. Plug the artery. Yeah, perfect. Gusting human being. Okay, so this guy's a piece and of shit, and NASCAR just washed his hands of that guy. They're like, good, we don't have to deal with him anymore. Good, I hope you get prison raped and shanked in jail. At least he'll know what it feels like. All right, as long as this thing is still recording, we can move on <laughs> to we a have, listener voicemail. Yes, we have a listener voicemail from Adam Gata, and it goes like this. And I'm so glad we've... Hey, guys, I appreciate the uh, possibility one. of recording early heads up this time. Um, we're coming off of two really big, like mini championships within a championship with the sprint cars and the Knoxville Nationals and the ADCO, ADCO Jackson Nationals. And I was wondering, what asphalt division would you guys like to see something like that? What track, what division, you know, anything that's open, open for uh, your choice? That's tough because asphalt has... And we've discussed this before. Too many divisions across too many tracks, across too many rule books, across too many things. But the only real thing that has a very similar rule book across the country, like Phil said in our rehearsal. <laughs> late models? Super late models. Yeah. Um, pro late models would be nice just to incorporate. Crate models. Crate late yeah, models. Great pro late models. Yeah, we have crate models up north with the ACT, and then we have procreate pro. Well, I'll say that yeah, hard. Procreate models. Procreate pro models. Procreate models. Pro yeah, we've, I phrasing. wish procreating models, uh, just not us. Um, Procreating with us? <laughs> just you. Not even close. Um, yeah, just with Phil because he lives in Florida. Ah, my goddamn eye. Anyway, the thing we don't have down here is meth addicts. That's fine. They're skinny. Um, <laughs> they got no teeth. It makes it easy. They make the best gummers. <laughs> Get a gummer. <laughs> we got our first gummer reference on the show. Thank Yay. you. Thank you so much. It's been a, it's been a good day. All right. Nothing's uh, funner than a gummer. I don't know if that rhymes. Does it? I don't know either. Enough. I read it somewhere the other day. Too. It's yeah. We're all done with that. But anyway, on the topic at hand. While I put my sunglasses back on so it doesn't look like my eyes are closed. Um, I I could only come up with really one idea, and it would be, God, it's just, all it would do is just mirror the World Series at um, New Smyrna. But we have to come up with something better like a Knoxville, like a week-long thing. 
Let's do a late uh, model nationals. Do limited late models, pro late models, super late models. Twenty five thousand for limiteds, fifty thousand yeah. for pros, a hundred thousand for supers. Done. <laughs> yeah, solved it. I mean, either that, yeah, either that is that sounds like a great idea, or, I mean, uh, like a modified one, an open modified one would. We used to have the north south nationals up here, which was a cool idea. I mean, it's it was regional to the eastern half of the country if if you could but, get a modified event to pay enough to draw the guys from the northwest the pacific northwest to come over here that might be cool yeah that's the thing is that they have so many different modified rules is which one would you agree on and which one well I they have four modifieds in the pacific northwest so yeah we could if it was like an open type modified deal kind of like what stafford does they have a lot of nice open yeah. shows you know but it's just tough to get the funding together so something like that would be really cool i had a little but, idea you know how um also you know how some drag races will do uh like a race week like they have rocky mountain race week and they have sick week and they have hot rod drag week and stuff like that where you tour around and you do races or at least passes. I don't know if they really technically race. They race against the clock, really. Uh, but I think Central Florida would be pretty good for that because you've got at least five tracks within three hours of each other. And you could do something like that, do a week of uh, drive somewhere race, drive somewhere race, and then have a points tally and uh, big money at the end with a big show at the end. The problem is down here, all these idiot promoters want to want to measure their dicks and not work together. So that's what they all do. They're the worst fucking businessmen on the face of the planet. And I don't know you, why you would want to do that. I don't know why you. So would why would they bother competitors. owning a racetrack in Florida if they weren't going to make it grow? Dude, they this place. I don't is, know how the money tracks laundering? down here survive. They, oh, absolutely, it's a money laundering scheme. Is it like there's, there's a reason that they only laundering? accept cash for so many different things? Is it like Gary Ballou yeah. kind of money laundering where they're just like bringing drugs in off the coast or what? I mean, he's involved in motorsports <laughs> down here. <laughs> yeah, no wonder why. What's the, the hub of? I've heard. I think he's. I think Gary Ballou's daughter is married to a friend of Daniel's, which is just crazy how the community is down here. It's, everybody is like one of those top tier holy shit stories that you've heard about you know what well, incestual <laughs> in the racing no, sense like the, the bigley family is like they're the ted christopher down here they're like kind of like that to me and like, like there's so many families like that uh that are bigger nationally than most places you would expect mm. Yeah, they have just like uh, pockets of famous families down there with a within the community, well, kind of like up here. Mario too. Gosselin's down here. Yeah, like you see that with Blue's Northeast racers here. too, but all the Northeast racers go to Carolinas because that's where NASCAR is. But yeah, all ours escaped and came back. So yeah, that would be kind of a cool kind of event, you know. It just never would happen. So good question, Adam. It would Appreciate be interesting. It. Yeah, but I would love it to just, see it happen. You just got to get tracks to work yeah. together. That's why Dirt is so much more successful on a promotional side is because they have all these people working in coordination with each other on rules and promotions and such. And asphalt, they're just like 
they do it their way and their way is the best and no one can tell them different and then uh, their track closes because yep. <laughs> they're not that good. Yep. All right, what's next? What are we going to move on to here? Again, I so, handed my notes off to Jesse because I don't want to open my eyes. So right we're going to go into Thompson. We're going chronologically, and they raced, you guys raced on Thursday. Yeah, I didn't get a hell of a lot of notes, and I apologize because, number one, the only thing that was televised was the Whalen Modified Tour, and we have notes from that, which we'll get into later. Uh, and I didn't get to see any of the races or rundowns. I Me heard neither that, because I, heard I that, worked, uh, and I couldn't find it online. There's no, There's no online streaming. I heard there was only one real race that was of any sort of interest, and that was the SK Lights, but we'll get into that. Yeah, so I guess I, I guess I posted the winners, and that was about it. Yeah. What, are you gonna, what else are you going to do? We could read a press release that you can go find online. We tried or, that last week, just, and it so was we're terrible. Ju- so we're just going just gonna to be wasting your time. So Tyler Chapman won with SK Lights with 12 cars. I heard that um, – Alexander Pearl was right on his back bumper for the win, though. That, I heard, was pretty interesting. Very good. Yeah. But that's all I got. Yep. Late Miles showed, uh, yeah, Matt Lewinsky low one. He had a great run. Yep, with 11 cars. It seems like they're going, the higher the division, the more cars there are. It's weird. Ryan Waterman won your race with 10 cars. Yep, green to checkered. And Kevin Moore won it with nine cars and for the stocks. MA Stock Division. Jesus Christ. Sad. Sad. I hate it. It's going to become a Talking Heads song before we know it. Anyway. Madonna song. Yeah. No, I was talking a different thing. So, anyway, that brings us to our, our what is it? NASCAR Wheeler Modified Tour Report with John Lozniak. Thank you, John, because Thank you for sending uh, that in. And we actually did watch it this time. I watched this race, too. Yeah, we actually watched it. And, um, I didn't write the notes because I saw your email come in before I was going to write them. So I'm like, okay, job so, done. So good. So he just did the work for us. So appreciate that. Definitely. So we'll just go into it and just say, yeah, the tour was on tap for Thompson in the 151st time in series history. That's a lot. This is a lot. It was also 16 years to the date John Blew at the third tragically lost his life in this race at turn one. That Yeah, definitely was yeah. the case. Yeah. Yep, 23 cars started the 150 lapper, which we said earlier, I believe, was the lowest form, that the lowest number of any race this year. And in a long time. Yep. So Austin Beards would win the pole. Mm-hmm. He's won a few poles this year, actually. Yeah, he's been lightning lately. Doug Kobe would be strong at the start and take the lead lap one, and about a lap and a half later, the number 89 of Swanson would spin into one and collect the 46 of Anthony Nacella. Hmm. Looks like something broke on the 89, and it would end his night. Restart lap seven with Kobe out front, and the 19 of Cecily would follow dropping beers back to third. In the first appearance in 10 years, Eric Burnt driving the LFR house car would be up to 8th by lap 35 from his 16th starting spot. He was running. He, yeah, was, he, I, he was running in that car. He said it was one of the best cars he has ever driven in his life. That thing was flying. I believe it was the number one car, if I'm mistaken. Yeah. The one I think Corey LaJoy took out everybody with. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe one of them. <laughs> Caution 2 came on lap 50 for Anthony Bellow in the, in, in the 21, spinning off the backstretch and making significant contact to the inside wall, ending his night. That's a That inside wall at Thompson on the backstretch is deceptively bad. 
Yeah, that grass doesn't slow you down that much. Like you get turned off you of know? the backstretch and you hit that inside wall, that's it hurts because it's all concrete block. It's the not, grass doesn't slow you down and as actually, much as asphalt slows and if you, you down. If you look at it, it's actually graded downhill towards the wall. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, don't get off the backstretch. That's bad. Yep. So restart lap 55 with the top five. Kobe, Goodale, Santos, Burnt, Justin Bonsignor. The one if Burnt would take the lead on lap 66. Caution, lap, caution three lap, what is it? Caution three lap 69. Yeah, yeah. Caution, caution number three. Yeah, caution number three lap 69. Nice. Go. Nice. For a solo spin by the number 26 of Zachem, all lead, all lead lap cars would pit. The one would have a bad pit stop and be the last car for pit road. Mm. 19 of Cecily was the only car that stayed out. Restarting lap 75, the 19 would take the bottom and be turning SK lap times, taking the six cars to the top row <laughs> to the front. And in the 51, a Bonsignor would take the lead. Hey, at least SK lap times are faster than Fifield lap times. So <laughs> she's only two seconds off a of street stock, by the way. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Caution lap 87 for a soul spin by the three of Woody Pickett. Race to restart lap 90, but the caution would come right back out for a multi-car wreck of two collecting Burnt, Johnson, Sapiens, Kraus, Kyle Bonsignor, Lutz, Goodale, and Hirschman, who would end up with a broken left forearm, yeah. which is which is kind of funny because the Hirschman's wreck looked kind of innocuous. I, he just, I think he just got hit in the wheel. It might not have broken the car, but it sure as hell broke him. I mean, the front bumper was folded up. Yeah. Which means it, it took a pretty significant shot, but the wheels were all up and straight. It may have still just knocked the wheel out of his hands and broke his arm. Yeah, it probably just got him in the right spot, you know, and or it just shook, spot, or he shook inside the car or whatever. But it's awful. Yeah, the race would be red flagged for cleanup and for the ambulance to assist Hirschman. The race resumed on lap ninety six with the fifty one still out front, with forty five to go to sixteen. And Ronnie Silk would make a hard charge at Bonsignor. Boy, they were together all year long, for God's sakes. Yeah. For the yeah, Bonson New Effort to leave, but the fifty one was strong in the top. Caution with forty to go for another solo spin by Pick Hat and the one. Hmm. In in turn one. The race resumed thirty six to go with the fifty one taking the top with the sixteen of Silk second, who would clear himself across the nose of the fifty eight of Goodale. The final caution would fall with 19 to go with the 36 of Sapienza had heavy contact into the turn three wall. Yeah, he bit it pretty good. Crushed. On the final restart with 14 to go, the 51 would take the top, and the 16 would again clear himself across the 58 to keep second. The 51 would pull out to an 8 to 10 car lead, but with a few laps to go, the 16 itself would close in on the last lap and a half, but it wasn't enough. Bonsignor would take his 38th career victory. His Apparently, our Darf comment of the week doesn't like people with 38 career wins. No, apparently, apparently not. why does Justin Bonsignor have a job? <laughs> right. According to our Darf comment of the week. Winner. winner. His 13th tour win at Thompson, tying the late, great Ted Christopher in the third of the season. On his Polish victory lap, Justin would pull up to the center, turn one and two, and lay the checker flag down on the track. In honor of John Blewett III, which I think was a really good moment. It was kind of like one of those things where he's just like pouring one out for his home. He's showing 
really yeah. good, good respect. And, I, awesome. and he, I believe he tied Ted Christopher on the all-time win list in the Whalen Modified Tour. I'm not sure if that was what they meant, but that's I think that's what it yeah. is. Silk I think would he finish, tied him for second all-time or something like that. Yeah. Silk would finish second, and Goodale in the 58 would take home third. Goodale voiced his displeasure with the 16 in regards to the restart after the race. He was tired of being used up, I guess. Rain, the remainder of the top 10 was uh, fourth, our pole sitter, Austin Beers. Fifth was the A2 of Lutz. Sixty, uh, sixth was the 44 of Santos. The seventh was the 07 of Patrick Emily. Eighth was Doug Kobe. Ninth was Cecily. And tenth was Ripkema. Top five of points is, has uh, just has, uh, Justin Bonsignor behind two over Ronnie Silk of 470 points. How are we doing? I'm all gun shy now. It's okay. We're at hour <laughs> fifteen, Brent. Okay, it's still going. Yep. Beers okay, minus forty one. Kobe minus forty seven. He's got a lot of they all have a lot of work to do. Kyle Bonson is is 112 out. Hmm. So let's see. Uh do we want to read we have already everyone knows about Matt Hirschman and he broke his ulna. So yeah, I po- I I included his uh social media post and that he the specific bone that he broke was his left ulna, which I believe is your bottom yeah. one. If you hold your arm out straight, it's your bottom one because I believe the radius is the yeah. one on the top. Other notes include uh, on Sunday, it's old news by now, but Tommy Baldwin Jr. announced that he's battling cancer and his team will be taking a break from racing as he takes time to tend to his health, which yep. is understandable. Claims is treatable and urged people to go to the doctor if they feel bad and get themselves checked out and looked at. So, yeah. hey, do you know, don't ignore that feeling, you know? Yeah, don't, if, man. You got to go. You know, it's probably saved his life, that nagging feeling. Yeah, you, you know? got to go, dude. Sometimes you just got to listen to that little voice in your head. Yep. So, SRX Lucas Oil Speedway. Christ, we're already, we're only there. Hour 17. <laughs> Before we get into this, can we talk about the people that drove to Lucas Oil Stadium because they for some reason thought it was there? I forgot about that. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, please let us oh, know about that, Phil. I forgot God. about no, that. I don't have it in front of me. I just recalled it off the top of my head, and I was just like, oh, my God, how stupid are you? Yeah, they First said all, they drove like six hours. to the stadium. Yeah. So dumb. They went to the stadium and they're six hours away and they had no way to get there. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. Jeez. And so they yeah, so they missed the race and everything. That's fucking ridiculous. You That's st- funny. Dupe. And now social media knows your shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Make sure you Google the right place. So God Almighty. Poor brother. God Almighty. I know. I'm just sitting here with my eyes closed the whole time, wiping, wiping We're, tears and shit away from my eye because it just won't stop watering because it hurts so bad. Re- real quick, weird off-topic thing. I just stumbled across on Twitter a uh, video of them testing the MX-5 Miatas, the MX-5 Cup cars, at Martinsville today, and it is just fucking uh, great. This is shit that we would <laughs> do on so awesome. You can hear him downshifting in the center of the corner and just mat the thing and drive it off. They are so fast. This is something that we would have done on iRacing in our league. We have done. Yes, I know. And I think I fucking hated it. <laughs> You're no fun. 
I'm anyway, continue. So Heat 1 was fun with Ken Schrader using the top to get to the front. Dirt track ace there. But other dirt track ace, Jonathan Davenport, took it back. In his first race with SRX. In his, yeah, his debut. Uh, let's see. Clint Boyer, also a dirt track ace. Came from, what's BFE? <laughs> back fucking. It's, it's an acronym that says bumfuck Egypt, but it's basically <laughs> just absolute buttfuck nowhere. Okay. So <laughs> that's what BFE means. BFE. Bumfuck Egypt. That's okay. that was the terminology. I believe it's a military thing. Whatever. So almost last, picking up eight spots in the first heat. He was hauling ass. So Ryan Newman wrapped up the 2023 SRX Championship with the points he earned in the first heat. Yep. Clint Boyer proved the first heat race was no fluke, driving up the second from the 11th place starting spot. He was hauling ass yet again. Yep. Jonathan, Dude, that thing was rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan Davenport and Boyer started front row for the feature. The first fun flag flew around lap 15. Wasn't a lot of wrecking or action in this race. Yeah, they can get a little separation on dirt, can they? Yeah. Yeah. Watching these cars race is like watching super late models try to drive back to the pits in the rain. <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's great. I, that's yeah. pretty funny. You wrote that's that. what I said because I'm like these guys are driving so slowly. I could probably run through the infield and keep up with them mid mid corner. Lap 34. Next fun flag. The driver to the driver to driver interviews mid race. Tony Stewart and other drivers was hilarious. Brent, uh, would you like to get an uh, example? Oh, they kept Connor Daly kept uh, calling up Tony Stewart. And Producers which, are in their ear, probably. Yeah, because you know. you know it's funny, and Tony Stewart's like, "Yeah, gladly, I'll talk to whoever the hell I want." And they would pipe in Tony Stewart with other drivers, like they had him talking to Kenny Schrader while they're both racing, and just the banter between all of them was just so goddamn funny. And they're they're racing at the same time as they're talking shit to each other. It's so yeah. fucking funny. I was like, okay, that's a good niche. I like that. We can do the. We can do more of that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something. I don't think it's going to catch on. No, but for something like this, it's perfect. And it's new. This is a this is a you series know? where they're racing hard, but they're right. doing it for fun. It's a it's definitely a show. It's definitely a race for racing purposes. It's like, it's just. I like it. It's entertaining. So. Anyway, so what's up, bud? Sorry, the child has entered the studio for some reason. What's up? Even, even though he's not supposed to. Oh, we're halfway done. <laughs> if that, we're in trouble. Yeah, we're we're in trouble. We had issues, so we had technical uh, difficulties. Yeah, and we're still having them if we don't get moving. So, uh, let's see. I guess uh, lap fifty-one was another fun flag. Uh, how many? How many fun flags? Is this the most fun-flagged race? It was one of them. It had to have four or five of them with no incidents. Yeah. So 22 to go, Helio. we go get turned around. And 11, again. Again. <laughs> had a time, I guess. He had, he had very little uh, opportunity for fun. 11 to go, Ernie Francis Jr. got into a small fracas and turned around. I forget what happened there, to well, be completely honest. Boyer and Davenport chucked huge sliders, and it was massively, massively entertaining. 
Yeah, they, they were. I think it was one of those final restarts, and Boyer just ships the thing off on the bottom, and Davenport sees him coming, and just lifts, lets him slide up, and just drives right back under him. Boyer gets back to him, chucks another one under him, and Davenport just pokes him in the ass and just fucking pushes him up the racetrack, and drives back by him. I'm like, this is entertaining. If you're going to be slow, at least be entertaining. Was this the uh, year finale? Was that the season finale? Yeah, that was the season finale. All yeah, right. So, yeah. Yep. So, John Davenport would go on to win his first start in Newman. Yep. Like we said, championship. Boom. Yep. And the season's over. Yep. Better luck next year. Season is done. And don't bring back Paul Tracy because we're tired of his shit. Please, God, don't. I don't don't think he'll ever come back. No. 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 Did you notice how much the series quality went up when he left? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was like, wow, this is fun again. We're not watching 10 cautions where Paul Tracy fucking wrecks somebody or kills himself. Like, this is fun again. Anyway. Friday. Stafford. Ah, Stafford, yes. Brent was, was, Brent was perched right in the middle of the action. If you watched live on Flow Racing, Brent was the camera in the infield capturing interviews and whatever action he could. And if you follow me on X or Twitter or Zitter, whatever you want to call it by now, I, po- I posted kind of a fun story. I was down on pit road filming, and I've, you know, I host a fledgling or not a fledgling, but let's just say a small-time racing podcast, which is what you're listening to now. So I tend to take notes on my phone as I'm trying to film action. Obviously not at the same time. But like when there was a down moment, like if I wasn't filming something or if I had nothing to film or you know a caution had just come out and I got 30 seconds before something happens that I have to go film or whatever... Whatever the case may be, any downtime that I found that I could go f- take notes about the racing that was happening, I would take my notes. And who's standing literally near me the whole time on pit road? None other than race broadcast legend Jackie Arup. Yeah, while you're staring at your phone like a zoomer. So I'm literally like... It looks like I'm screwing off, you know, not paying attention, not doing my job, being a millennial, you know, playing on my phone too much and not filming when it's like, no, I'm not. Trust me. I'm actually doing media work. I'm not actually screwing off. I'm still filming and I'm taking notes for my show. Please don't think I'm a bad person. I'm a member of the sporting press, sir. Please don't think I'm doing something stupid. I'm not trying to screw off with my phone. Trust me. So I'm like, wow, that was a bad impression. So anyway, you could go ahead. I'm, I figured I'd share a funny story of me thinking I'm good. thinking good. I'm being judged by Jackie Arute. <laughs> so I, I grew up watching this man call the Indy Five fucking hundred, and I'm like, he thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> thinks I'm a lazy employee. He and thinks a terrible I'm a worker. lazy ass employee and a terrible worker. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm sorry, Mr. Arute. <laughs> no, I'm really doing my best. I'm doing three things at once for the media. I'm sorry. Okay, so the first feature of the night at Stafford was the limited late models. Gary Patnode would lead pretty much the whole way, and all the battles were all behind him. Adrian Paradis and the third. Oh. The third. I was on it this time, Brent. 
And Rich Hammond battled for second place, almost four seconds behind the leader. He got it looked a, as a though big Gary, lead. Jess, it looked as though Gary had had a good night before we came racing. I mean, yeah. By my impressions, I thought that Gary had done something fun the night before. Do we have that sound still? Gary Patnode, after having some sex. <laughs> it never gets old. It's so good. <laughs> Raising. Anyway. You know what song you need? What? I'm a banana. No, we don't need that song. For God's sakes, we do not need the banana song on this goddamn show. Yeah. Anyway, we don't, we don't have the context for that thing. Okay. I'm a banana. Why does everybody interject? She in hit our the. Show? Did she hit the gummies? Must have. She didn't give any to the boy, did she? Look at me, boom! <laughs> what is happening in my house? So, anyway. Somebody rescue me from this. <laughs> anyway. The contenders, yeah, Jeremy Lavoie and Matt Clement, spent the caution-free event mired in traffic, unable to move forward very efficiently while Rich Hammond would get clear. You're an annoyance. <laughs> I'm going to lock the door from now on. I'm going to lock the door, I swear to God. So, yeah, Rich Hammond was the only one that really would get clear. But that huge lead, he would still eat him up. And with a lap to go, he ended up getting uh, Gary Patino for the lead in the last turn. Patino said it hard, but it kind of just washed up a little bit. Just did, He just didn't have any. It just went straight. It, it, he had no more front grip. No, nope, he had and, nothing uh, left. Rich Hammond would score back-to-back wins. And you know what? I'm really proud of of uh, Gary Patton for not mirror driving and really improved from a lot of his mistakes from, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks and whatnot. So Yeah, the last few times he's been in the lead, he would mirror drive so goddamn bad that he would just drive on the apron all the way around the racetrack and kill his line, lose the lead anyway. Wrecked his shit, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, with this, yeah, this is two back-to-back wins for Rich Hammond, though, so... Is that live audio from his bathroom later that night as he was showering? That was Victory that was Lane. Yeah, that was Victory Lane. <laughs> have you, did you listen to that Victory Lane? No, audio? I didn't actually see it. Oh. They were really good woos. I may have to actually get the get the cut. From oh, really? It. Yeah, it was actually really good. I no, got. I, did, I didn't yeah, catch I the those late good. model race. I think. Yeah, I think his is a little bit more. You know, masculine. It just comes from his belly. You know, it, his Rick, is more definitely more guttural. Yes, it's like a wolf. That's a great man. word. <laughs> yeah, and Rick Flair's. Uh, yeah, he's. I think he's second to the woo was Rich Hammond. Think oh, Rick Flair's is a little feminine. Rich well, Hammond sounds like he listens to Pantera. Yes, also a great it, Phil. And, and if he does, Rich Hammond's my man. <laughs> he looks like the Wolf Man for God's sakes. So that win would close uh, Rich Hammond up with the points anyway. Jeremy Lavoie is leading the points. Kevin Cormier is sixteen behind. Matt Clement is now eighteen behind. And uh, Rich is thirty six behind, so he's he's really catching up. Late models, lap two, Andrew Duran got turned around in front of the field and ended up uh, involving Tom Fern and Chris Meyer, Tom Butler, a uh, whole bunch of people. Everybody would continue, but uh, some of them with a lot of damage. I mean, the whole front bumper of uh, 
Andrew Durant's car was just like laying on the track. They just grabbed it right off the whole, not the bumper cover, but the whole, just the, the metal, metal part. part. Yeah, yeah, the metal parts that are supposed to be welded in, they just got ripped right out. Yeah, Chris Meyer continued his streak of uh, body panels being shed from his car. Yeah, not Left even. Left front fender came off. Yeah, totally, totally victim of circumstances. Did did we have an Adam Gat- Adam Gata sighting on pit road? I had, yeah, I'd ran into them there. Yeah, I went and talked to their crew when I was there, so they were there. Um, lap, now was this lap five? Tom Fern and John Blake went around off four. Was this the one where? Uh, was this the one where there was contact with uh, Tommy Butler? I think that was the previous one. Oh, okay. Because uh, I'm not sure though. I don't know. Oh, maybe it was the pre. Maybe that was the previous one because John Blake went to the back for that. Keep in mind, I um, I think I took notes off of what I saw specifically from the infield of the track. I didn't actually get to watch the broadcast because I was part of it. Right. So <laughs> that's pretty much what I got going for me right now. Yeah, no, I I know I know he uh, got sent to the back for that. Um, Fern's crew. Let me just yeah, put this so what caveat out there. I was parked like right near Fern's crew, and they were fucking livid. Like the whole race, like there was one guy who was like throwing shit the whole time, and one of the officials had to like calm him down because he kept coming over and like yelling at the officials. And I'm like, dude, go away. Seriously, <laughs> you're no fun. Everybody else can be quiet. Anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, it just, you know, snowballs into a bad night and just makes it worse. And Right. I'm just know. saying, dude, knock it off. I mean, yeah, be uh, an adult. I mean, it's tough tough to control emotions in a heated sport like that, but, you know, uh, that's what men do. We all curb our shit. Yeah, whatever. And, uh. Anyway, now your phone locked up, so password. Hey, at least I gave it to you, That's so you can good. get back into it. So yeah, lap five, Tom Fern, John Blake went around four, Fern pit for more damage, and lap eight, Dwayne Knoll hit the turn four wall. Yep, pretty solid too. Yep, he had to get carted off. Ugh. Lap ten, Anton Burrell. I don't even know what car number that was. That's a thirty-three. I think I got his name wrong. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what his name is. I'm just like, what's this number? Uh, I think that's his name. <laughs> that's it. Anyway. Yeah, sorry, everybody. Anyway, what's his face? Spun in turn two on lap 10. 33 car. They didn't make a lap before John Blake got hooked, looked rather intentionally, by Daryl Keene into the back stretch wall. Oh, it looked very intentionally. Because he had to change two lanes to go get him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what was that? Was that... <laughs> Maybe, I don't know if that was in response because wasn't Daryl King kind of involved in that lap one, uh, lap two wreck? He could have been, but it uh, th- it was obviously was. involved in something because, like I said, when you change two lanes to go hit a guy in the right rear and he goes spinning off into turn three, it looks pretty intentional to me. But uh, I'm certain Keen was not penalized for this, by the way. Yeah, allegedly. Which is, yeah, which is funny because I don't think the first one was even. It could have been gone either way, but I don't think it was really. Uh, well, given Blake's history in the last couple yeah, races, Blake's. you got to kind of not give him the benefit of the doubt anymore. Am I a bad person for cheering when I saw Blake get turned around? I mean, I'm glad he's not hurt, but karma. Well, I is mean, such a such 
a sweet dish. <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk about this in a few minutes, yeah. especially in the street stock race. We'll we'll get there because there's also <laughs> history too with a few of these people. Uh, let's see. Uh, top three would take off after that, and Wayne Corey would finally take down his first win of the season. Yeah, he was super stoked. Good to he's see him. Great. He's running back up top again. That's good. He's back at the fifth in points now. Yeah. Kevin Gamble Corey leads mm-hmm. with Tom Fern second, 32, and distant third is Michael Ray, Adam Gray, Wayne Corey. Adam Gray had a bad race this past Friday. He just could not do anything. Yeah. Just wasn't going anywhere. Okay. I don't know what the deal was. Does this bring us to the SK lights? Whatever my notes say. Were they Bummer mods? Were they uh well, yeah, were they very SK lighty this week or what? Um from my memory, I don't think they were. I believe um, they were. They could have been. I don't remember anything right now. So uh yeah, Pain no, does- no, they were. Pain does a lot to your memory, okay? You just, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I had it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <sighs> yeah. Lap zero, Joey Farino, the mayor, and Paul Carey went into the turn one wall after Carey ran over Farino's left rear. Carey has a team hack sticker, quote unquote, across the TV panel in the rear. Thanks to Paula Root, who called him a hack when he got into an incident with him. Which I thought it was rather it's, fitting. It's tough to see why they crashed, but it just looks like he just kind of ran over him a little bit because the wheel, the wheel just wedged right up and over the rear bumper and into the TV panel of, of Joey's car. P.S. I have a a I walked by his car and I reached back and took a picture of said sticker, mm-hmm. and I believe I'm going to share that on the Instagram post for this episode. Excellent. <laughs> and I'll probably get shit for it, but I don't care. Don't put that you're a ha- don't advertise being a hack and then run over somebody in the first lap of the race. <laughs> don't, or just, don't wear a t-shirt? Exactly. Don't advertise being <laughs> what you Don't advertise being what you became. Oh, I'm trolling. No, I'm pretending to be retarded. <laughs> And then you do exactly you can't what do you that. say you are. Yeah. Don't. don't. So this advertise. race would be actually pretty clean for the most part until three to go. Mm-hmm. A stack up between uh, Meg Fuller, Kologianis. Uh, I can't believe I said that shit, right? That's all Greek to me. And Bissette. That's a terrible joke. <clears throat> <laughs> See what I did there? Where's the rim he's shot? Green. <laughs> I bet he's a good cook. Makes a great Rim pan. Makes a great said? pan pizza. Whatever the case is, I'll take either one. Anyway, I think yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> would send uh, the Greek around and flatten Fuller's tire. It's just kind of weird because it looked like the Meg went full Megalodon and just ate him up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's right. A, it just went full the Meg, the Meg two, and now in theaters. That's a terrible movie. Yeah. What a dumb concept. Anyway. So my eyes actually feel good not looking. It's so funny it's okay. because it's out of character for Meg Fuller to do something like that. I know? think there was some influence there because I think he kind of checked up. But moving on, could have could have been a little column A, column B. Oh, let's see. I guess another restart would send uh, contact between Tyler Barry and Rod Minford. 
both spun out in front of the field and collected just about everybody. Yeah, uh, somebody uh, hooked in the right. Adam Alexander would go, straight. the big one at Stafford. Yeah. Yeah, would collect Chris Matthews, Barry, Tyler Alcus, Alexander Pearl, and point leader Brian Sullivan. Finally got his. He finally had a bad week. Not hoping for it, but it's, no. just, it's just one of those things where it's like the law of averages. Finally caught up to him, unfortunately, and... and uh, it's funny because, uh, yeah, Bissett would take advantage of, of this all this misfortune because with five to go, George Bissett was ninth. Yeah. He was ninth place. He was and, way back. And then and then everyone eats shit in front of him. So and then guess what? he would battle the Chapman brothers for the lead in the closing laps and taking it from Jason Chapman on the top side with two to go and hold him off to win his third of the season. And, uh, yeah. Let's say point situation is going to be. I'm very interested in the points. Well, a little bit different now. I mean, Brian Sullivan had this thing almost wrapped up. He had over a race lead. Yeah. Almost. And now it's down to eight. Holy shit. What was the gap before? It had to be like 54 points, wasn't it? Something like that. Or 50, 50, almost a little, almost 50 ish points. So George was said with one less start. It had to be like 50, yeah. 54 to 56 points, I thought. That's what it was. I so was like, oh, yeah, he's got this thing wrapped up. So yeah, I'm stupid. So with a, with one less start than everybody else, he has he's eight points behind. He <laughs> caught up and then some. Jesus. Tyler Chapman has 48 out. Yeah, he was over 100, I thought. Yeah, and Alexander Pearl is... Uh, yeah, or at least close to it. That didn't help him, man. So he's 62. Yeah, Alexander Pearl got caught up with Tyler Alcus over in four, and they both went in a wall, and Barry was in a wall, and they recycled a lot of parts over in turn four. That was a big incident. That's quite the yard sale. God yeah. almighty. Alcus hit pretty hard, so. Yeah. He was all right, though. I know we interviewed him after. SKs would be next. Mm-hmm. The initial start pole sitter Tyler Hines spun off a of turn four. Wrestle, yeah, Wesley Prucker. Spun to avoid. Caution would be called for Prucker, who stopped. And Hines would be allowed to restart in his original position. He kept rolling. Never stopped. That's the rule. Yeah, George Bissett in that last accident, he was uh, sideways about three-quarters of the way around, but he never fully spun around. He kept going. Yeah. And that's why he was able to keep his spot, because that's what's in the rules. Yeah, if you keep rolling, you don't come to a stop. You can more than likely get your spot back if they call it for some other people. Yes. I got my spot taken away from me in an incident without even turning around backwards once, so go figure. Yeah, well. That was also under very poor race direction, but moving on. Oh, yeah. We don't even want (laughs) to ever play that ever again. Let's just move on from that. Red flag, lap seven for a big backstretch incident involving Dylan Kopech, Marcello Refrano, Tyler Hines, who lost the whole entire right rear wheel, hub, axle, and axle tube. The whole right side of the freaking right rear came out. Came oh. right out of it. Disconnected from it, from the from The, the center, whole thing. From the differential. Yeah. Exited right out of the rear end of his car. The, there was just a gaping hole where the right rear was. And probably a lot of stinking fluid you could probably oh, it smell. Was a it. goddamn mess over in turn four, three. Jimmy Blewett, David Arute, Keith Rocco, and Troy Tallman. Yeah, everybody was in this thing. 
Noah Corner pulled a John Blake from last week and ran Keith Rocco into the backstretch wall. Yep, sure did. <laughs> ran him right up. <laughs> he he did. He, Noah can't make a corner. Yep. <laughs> he did. He did. did. We called. I called it last week. I called it the Axel Rose because yep. you in the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. That's a callback, people. <laughs> yeah, and Keith Rocco was definitely the recipient of that bad luck. <laughs> he had nowhere to go. There he was just nothing. Hey, shit, that was horrible. So yeah, he spun in front of the field and and point leader Todd Owen barely missed it. Yeah, he, I don't have any clue how he missed it. He missed it. He may have car, to he may have to repaint the nerf bars. The ca- but that's the, probably it. The car that was directly behind him was Marcello Rofrano. Yeah. Rofrano did not miss it and he went no. straight up and over somebody else like airborne. Took the whole right front off the car and everything. But Todd, I have no idea how he missed it. He was in the infield and he know. kept he kept going and I'm like, "Jesus, that was close." You, so, I see a lot of people too on on social media giving Marcelo Rafano shit for not lifting. Like it looks like he was going 20 mile an hour faster than everybody coming into the wreck, but with people don't stop and understand is when you're tucked up behind someone you don't you don't see. see what's happening and when someone suddenly darts out of the way you can't just instantly react i've been in that situation before where someone's moved out of the way and this car is dead stopped in front of me i'm like oh shit yeah he's just kind of you're right, right phil i agree with you they, these things they they are very quick things happen quick oh yeah he's riding at race pace underneath todd owens back tail panel and bumper you can't see through that car at all then all You're of a sudden on your spotter there then all of a sudden todd disappears and cars are stopped in front of you and you're like well i'm in it and you're not even there yet Yep. so that's essentially what happened he just went straight up and over him so lap 26 mikey flynn got turned around on the back stretch flannery sent to the rear for contact yep yeah just yep was there for once they made a call that was correct yeah that was one yeah the one one of the finally a good call they had that night they wouldn't they'd miss more later john pulio led a ton he was out front a lot a lot until Corey dimatea would get to him and pass him for the lead and dimatea would go on to win his second win of the year believe yeah, it's nice to see the raceworks boys getting some uh getting some wins under their belt and his second win yes yeah it closed up a little bit on Todd Owen. Todd Owen still hasn't. He technically had a bad week. Knock on wood. That was a, that was one of almost, his worst weeks, and he didn't crash. His thirteen top ten out of thirteen starts. Right. Yeah, I think he was like fifth or sixth. I can't remember where he finished. He's uh, thirty six points ahead of uh, Corey DiMatteo and thirty eight ahead of Jimmy Blewett. Everybody Dude. else is. Did I put in at the, least two races behind? Did I put in the notes about Jimmy Blewett's team at all? Uh, yeah, he said that, uh, let's see here, blew it, lost laps. Yeah, they, they thrashed to get him back on track. They able to get on track and get points. It was so much more than what I wrote in my notes. Blew it had a flat left rear and the whole, like the whole left rear of his car was taken off the body, the nerf bar, everything, right? Yep. And you can't race without the Nerf bar on the car. And the mounts are all screwed up and everything. That team got the bent rear wheel off. Jimmy's out of the car. And they're fixing not only the front of the car, but that left rear. Ham's welding came over and had some, like, 
jig that they could put the Nerf, at least the Nerf mounts on. And they stuck the Nerf mounts on and welded it on. Somebody went to the pit box and grabbed like a spare Nerf bar or something that they could use. And they no shit. they hammered the body back out. They welded the Nerf bar back on. They got the wheel back on. Jimmy didn't think he was going back out. They're like, dude, we're close to getting this thing together. And they got him back together, and they threw him back on the racetrack. Like, he only lost, like, single-digit laps. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, you guys were working fast. But yeah. their their team never quit. This is, like, the second time they've fixed his car and gotten him back out there after disaster. Yeah. It was fa- it was fantastic they, to watch. They're, yeah, they're, they're pros, dude. They're, yeah. They ain't no bullshit. That brings us to the street stonks. Oh boy, <laughs> I love. Oh street. boy, I love street stocks. Buckle My up, Buttercup. This God, is be I love fun. street stocks. Okay, so we'll start at the beginning. <coughs> Lap seven. Both Johnny Walker and Matt Martell spun in different parts of the racetrack, and lap seven they would be, you know, underway still. Mm-hmm. Brian Waterman got into the back of Jason Raymond. Yep, over in turn three. Sending him oh, around. He stepped up thick there. He lifted his rear tires off the ground. Yeah, he got him good. Oh, Mr. Plow. That's my name. That name again is Mr. Plow. <laughs> I was talking to him yesterday, and he's basically like, yeah, I, I overdrove the shit out of that one. Yep. You said that again. He, he knows. He wasn't done. No, he wasn't done yet. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, that that would uh, have uh, Travis Downey would get the left front fender ripped off his car. Yep, and that put him out. So, and then um, the car he spun out, Raymond. I believe he had some kind of electrical issue. Knocked the wires out, out of it. Yeah, he said he smelled an electrical smoke, and the car wouldn't run. And I'm like, yeah, that crossed some wires. You're gonna need to rewire this thing up after that. Lap twelve, just after Travis Hydar took the lead from Burt Willett. Jeff Aslan would get turned around down the back stretch by Brandon Warren. And you know what's really funny is we had Connor Souza off in the turn three camera for the broadcast. And earlier he was saying, you know, these guys are spinning down the back stretch. They keep getting closer and closer to me. And when Aslan uh, got turned around and he was like right underneath the, the camera perch, I said, hey, Connor, they're getting closer. <laughs> Good thing they're not open wheels so they can launch up in the air. Yeah. I said, hey, if they ever, you know, hit your tower, just jump really high in the air. You'll be all right. He didn't like that. Jeff Aslan's had problems every fucking week. Yeah. And he's this poor re- guy. I'm so tired of his he's bad luck. He's such a nice guy, too. He and his son are doing that with, with can you know, he just have a good and, week just once? You know, and you know? Jeff, well, Jeff's trying to get used to it. Wait until the end of this race and we'll see. Yeah, he, had, he actually turned chicken shit into chicken salad here, so. Yeah. Restart was a bit ugly. Bill Cody, Brandon Warren, again, spun in turn well, one, and Bill Porter stopped to avoid. And coming to the white, Johnny Walker sent Tyler Trot with extra postage in turn that's my four. my new thing. In turn four for a late yellow. <laughs> <laughs> he just went full send. Yeah, it just took him right out. He made sure that the carrier was going to take his shit. It was express. Yeah. This was express, express to the infield. <laughs> Final restart. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, let's see. Travis Hydar and Ryan Waterman battled side by side going on the first turn. 
They completed a full lap by after the, way. the white. Yep, a yeah. little. Yeah, yeah. So Travis Hyder is doing everything right, staying down, you know, and not letting Ryan Wanamaker get in behind him or anything. And well, let's see. Uh, Ryan Waterman took off his Mister Plow jacket and uh, decided to put on his uh, Captain Hook cape. Hand, and hand, it's a hand. Cape Captain and Hook yeah, hand. Yeah, Captain Hook hand, Captain <laughs> Hook cape, and uh, board board his ship. Wore a cape. Yeah, they wore. He wore a big long coat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Captain's coat. Captain's coat. Yeah, it's got the little fur on it and stuff. That's right. Yep, complete with wig and uh, everything. Yeah, he eye turned. Patch. He turned into Captain Hook. Got his eye patch, leather boots, with Smee, with his French me, and and took his boat off into Neverland, trying to get rid of the Lost Boys and Peter Pan. I mean, <laughs> fuck that effeminate I mean, little game. Yeah, he turned. He turned <laughs> hard. He hooked that thing hard left into Travis Hydar. It pulled. Bert, him. Bert went underneath, yeah. and he still kept turning left. It pulled Hydar a full lane off the bottom. And Captain Hook oh, turned yeah. hard left into Bert Louette, which went into... Yeah, once Hydar got free and he started to pull away, um, from yeah. where from where I was standing, yeah. I couldn't see it. But then I watched the replay, and it looked like Ryan hooked, came back hooked, down again. He hooked him into into Travis. And he got the back of Bert Louette he and just kept... uh, used him for his bidding. Yeah, he just turned into Captain Hook. Yeah. I I, I will I, Peter Pan. <laughs> that was that was a very Ooh. overzealous and uncalculated move. Mm. I'll say that much. I don't think his intent was to hook Travis. I think what he was trying to do is what we all like to do on the exit of the corner is get down on his door and fuck his exit up. Slow him down but so in, you get the run back to the outside. Yeah, but in doing that, he just fucking flat out doored him, just overcalculated or miscalculated how hard he was cranking it to the left. Because I was like, holy shit, Ryan. Whoever told, whoever said that Bert Louette caused that accident to Travis Hydar, whoever made There's, that call, whoever made that call should have been going to Brent's appointment with him for Lasix. They get better eyes, yeah. Well, if no you fucking actually, shit. well, if maybe you, it was Mike Chapman back on the tower. Well, here's the I thing. I don't care who it was. Um, no, here's that's a, th- a throwback. <laughs> here's the thing. If you were looking at it from the tower line of sight, you didn't see Ryan do that. They have, don't they have replays? Yes, they do. I don't think they took advantage of it though. Why? I don't know why because I know Scott Tapley would. Especially I don't think with they the point played leaders. a replay of that until the race was over. Over. They no, very they, well could have waited on on the call. Let's be fair. I mean, they're, the, when the point leaders are involved, you better make it fucking right. And no, they didn't make it right. But it opened the door for uh, Chris Danielchuk. He shot the gap, went from fourth to first. He never lifted, and he took down his exi- first career win. He did everything right. Yep, he and, did everything right. He shot the gap when people were playing patty cake with each other. He went into turn three without overdriving it and getting all excited. He hit his marks. He drove off and he took the flag. He did everything right. I love how Ryan yeah. Waterman's interview was like, hey, "Man, I got to double down. I got to make sure that I'm not guilty because I got away with one." Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, that, yeah, Bert, yeah, he, he really, really wanted to win there." He's yeah. not lying. 
Yeah, but Bert, goddamn, of course, Bert wants to win. You you know what you did. <laughs> you, you know what I did notice. I don't know if you guys noticed this on this start, and it was. I can I can knock on Travis a little bit sometimes about his racecraft, but what I saw him do was actually really smart as he backed up his entry a little bit there and let Bert get to his bumper to close that hole on Ryan. Yeah, Great you can't you cannot let him get behind you. You can't yeah. you have to keep him to your outside. Yeah. Because when you, only... if you can keep him to your outside when you go into the last corner, now you don't need him anymore. You can run him wide. You can yeah. that's, that's which plain. is why Ryan tries to hook him to come off the corner so he can get back underneath them, open up that lane. Right, you're breaking the momentum. Only, the is, only critique I will have for Travis is, is in my opinion, and this is just how I would have done it. Run him in there a little bit high and kind of don't don't be a dick about it. You know, don't put him in the fucking wall. But run him in there like a half a groove to a groove high. Get him off his line and then run away. And he ain't going to get back to you. You're fast I, enough. He ain't going to get back to you. I actually will admit to doing this at one point. I was leading once, and there was a car to my outside that wasn't as fast as me when they were on the outside. But if they were behind me, they could probably catch me. I lifted for a few laps just to keep them to my outside. I've done that too, yeah. but I think on a restart there, if you hang Ryan on the outside, I, I think that Bert's going to get 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 to Ryan's inside anyway. If Travis washes him up, and then Ryan has to deal with Bert, he's not. Travis just drives away and gets the win. Right, but we could play, you know, whatever. Yeah. I just think that's that's a situational thing that maybe Travis could keep in his mind for next time, rather than park it on the bottom and just bottom feed well, and catfish the the corner. They have other tools in your toolbox. The only thing know he that, has... okay, look up in your mirror on entry. You got a car and a half on the 84 car. Run Ryan a little well, bit wide, and you still got a gap. Travis isn't used to racing against wild cards like we no, are. No, he's not. <laughs> Travis is – I, I like watching Travis race because he's, he's patiently aggressive. He's yeah. not afraid to use has... the bumper, but he doesn't use it. He's toned it down a like little a bit. Dick. He used to be a little bit more yeah. of a hammer when he was new, but he grew out of it. So the only yeah, thing he, he has left to do to is is he has to stab him before he gets stabbed back, and hope that race control finally makes the right call or makes it in his favor. Agreed. You know that's the only that's the only thing he has to do. Yeah, but well, not, mean, now the points out. are really close, so yeah. this is going to get kind of well, interesting here down the stretch. Well, they, they were close. Yeah, Waterman took the lead over again. He's got a 14-point gap over Travis. Mm -hmm. Brings us to the Lincoln Open 80. Lincoln Tech Open 80. Yep. Lap three, Finney Anglais went around turn four. Oh, I don't care about these inter these incidental ones here. Yeah, just get to the good stuff. Oh, let's see. Uh, like pit stops. Let's see. 17 to go. Frank Latwell went to went to around and sent everyone. Frank to three. Is he the three? He's not a third, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's the three junior. Le we say Letoile. We think it's the three. Frank the towel. <laughs> Went around and sent everyone to pit road. It's Woody not... was leading the majority of the race. and his Woody pit... was spanking him. Yeah, his pit crew was also money, and it counted. Kept him in the lead. The previous Open 80 winner, Glenn Reen, used also used that pit stop to his advantage and moved up the field. Glenn's been so fast lately. He's been fast in the Open Open cars. Just so fast. Got a win. Top fives everywhere. Podiums. Just so, doing so well. Yeah, Pickett was unstoppable. Would lead Reen and the others to the finish and pick up a dominating win. Mm -hmm. Brent believes he took 
retook second place on the all-time win list. Back- I, yeah, he was tied with Tom Fern, and now he's back in second place in, yeah. in total points. Okay. All right, cool. Well, that was probably the most dominant car I think I've ever seen. Woody just killed him. Oh, that that thing in the cr- the pit crew was fucking lights out care. too. Lincoln Tech gave away a wrestling belt for the win, and Woody was so excited to get the belt. There's no better person to have won it. He than was Woody. so excited to get that belt. Who doesn't uh, like a belt? You know, well, Woody's a huge of, wrestling he's fan. A so huge wrestling <laughs> fan. So yeah, I guarantee you, Woody wore that belt to bed. I feel bad for Erica. <laughs> all right he can wear it to bed it's okay it's he's fake. probably still wearing it it's okay it's fake he's got it over Wrestling his shoulder streak. wherever he goes <laughs> all right let's move on that brings us to the speed bowl god we have to be three hours into this thing it feels We're, like yeah this is well welcome to the end of our second hour folks thanks for tuning in to the making laps podcast you can reach us on all your social media platforms <laughs> would you do a two-parter anyway <laughs> Goodbye, Legend Cards. Part two Car- on Wednesday. Legend Cards. Goodbye. Don't care. Jace Monjan won. Yay. Street Models. Street Models. All Al- the fast cars start oh, up front. Oh, Al Stone the third. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hold on. Uh, hey, I, I'm getting there. So, anyway, all the fast cars started up front because there's only, what, 10, 12, 15 of them? Ish. 12 ish. 12 to 15. Yeah. So, let's see. Uh, Al Stone, how come he keeps running this? This Norman Brothers car. Because it's fast? Yeah, because Bo and Brian want him to win in the car. Yeah, so they Gary, yeah. his brother, I guess, wins, you know, takes the 52 car out. Or his cousin. I think Gary's his cousin, cousin right? something. Yeah. Family member Stone. Yeah. So I'll Stone the third. There we go. He would lead pretty much the entire race. He would be the third different driver to win in that car. Four, that car has three different drivers and four wins. Yeah. Yeah. Is Alan Gustafson the crew chief? Uh, no, they have better. They have Bo Norman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, they have Boner Man. Yeah, hey, that's a callback. Boner Man. I should see if Boner Man will let me drive it at the World Series. That'd be badass. Bring money. <laughs> so. I'll buy tires and fuel. Rental. Speedball trucks. Three laps in, our man Ken Cassidy Jr. would take the lead early and often after starting fourth. Mm-hmm. He just man. shot to the front. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, they figured that thing out. Holy shit. Yeah, what is it? Like, slap, uh, skip it through here. Lap, what was it, seven, eight or whatever? Sean Karen and Beal would make contact, and Beal would get right hooked into the backstretch wall. Beal would continue. He didn't slow down. He just bounced off the wall and was like, I'm going after this asshole. And then and then they ended up getting crashed his, in turn four. His words, obviously, but, you know. And then and then they ended up spinning out in turn four. I think he caught him eventually. Yeah, yeah I think he caught him and spun him out in turn four because uh, it seems like he was upset about it where once they all came to the rest, he kind of dumped the clutch and floored the gas and did kind of a, a spin out right in front of the truck, just put his yeah, nose against the tr- his truck, yeah. against his against Karen's truck, and a uh, Bowman Gray did action. a little did a little half moon burnout yeah. right on the nose of his truck. So. Yeah, little little extracurricular Bowman Gray style activity. Oh, what did you do? Your your uh, <laughs> help. 
Jesse doesn't know how to use iPhones. Yeah, your your alarm went off saying telling you to go to bed. Oh, it must 10 be o'clock. ten o'clock, and I'm not going to work tomorrow, so I got to shut that alarm off. Let's see. Well, you can't see yourself going to work. Oh, we nah, I got eye problems. I got can't see myself going in. Oh, we used that joke already. Yeah, Ken Cassie would survive numerous restarts and go on to take his first win. He only had like maybe a couple races already back this year. Yeah, he just he's figuring very it out abbreviated very season. Already. Late models. 10 laps in, Brody Monaghan would pry his nose underneath leader Ray Christian the third. And they would and they would battle side by side for the lead as Jason Palmer drew in closer in third. Monaghan would make the move stick and pull away as Christian and Palmer would battle side by side for second spot for uh, quite a bit. Yeah, a little while. Yeah, quite a while. And after a few restarts, uh, Monaghan would have quite a you know have a good restarts, uh, leaving Christian and Palmer to have like a bunch of side by side battles, and uh, they would kind of just stay in each other's doors for pretty much the whole race while Monaghan would go uh, would drop off and run, and Palmer uh, would eventually get by him. But yeah, but anyway. Uh, Christian would actually fall back to uh, what was it like, fifth? I think he dropped to fifth on the last. Yeah, he ended up getting dropped back to fifth. Corey Fanning made a ballsy move to get into the podium, which yeah. is a pretty good move. But running, that's, would, uh, that's Scott Cook's car, actually the one car. Yeah, 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 and uh, or Cook Brothers, I should say. So he would he would get on the podium third. Uh, Monahan would win his first ever late model race, and Jason Palmer would finish second. Yep. What else we got? A sip of the old frosty beverage. Right. Later. SK Light Snack Sangramana would lead for a while and pass, just past halfway when Evan uh, Bourgeois. Evan, Bourgeois? Evan Bourgeois. Yeah. Middle class would catch him, take the lead, and uh, Sangramana would bobble, but. Uh, I don't think there was any contact. No contact. But they were side by side, and he just kind of bobbled on the top side and spun. spun. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. It was weird. I don't think there was contact. It didn't look like it, but you never know. So Sammy Anderson and Johnny O'Sullivan would would battle for second, but uh, Evan Bourgeois would end up getting (laughs) away and take down another win. Yeah, good for those guys. They're actually doing really well at Waterford right now. Yeah. SK's lap one, Paul Buzel got knocked up the track and almost into the wall, barely staying clear. No one would keep going, no caution. Nah, I thought he was hitting the wall, but he didn't. Yeah. I thought he was stopping too, but he kept it rolling, which was nice. So the front free the front yeah, the front three, slow down, shook out with Anthony Flattery, Eric Burnt, and Kyle James and never changed for the next like thirty laps. Yep, pretty much. It was essentially deja vu all over again, lap after lap with Burnt pestering the back bumper of Flannery with James close by, but the only real change was the last lap where Burt tried to go to the top side, almost stick, but Anthony Flannery would finally go back to SK Modified Friction Lane after log drought. But you know something, yeah, it seemed like with the stick I'm on the on the speedball, it kind of fixed that a little bit, especially with the SKs. Oh yeah. Yeah, they, they were the they were running culture. the bottom the yeah. whole track. Yeah. So with the late models. I, I heard people complaining, though, that they were running the flat. Like, I, I get that it's not traditional 
and where that you would see them run there, but like we're trying shit. They they're trying to make the racing better. Don't complain. Keith Rocco made a made where, a living running in? the flat in the, in the It's so 2010s. much better. It's so much better to have a bottom feeding racetrack than a top feeding oh, yeah. racetrack because at least you, you can, can knock someone out of the way. At on the least bottom. you can root someone out of the way on the bottom. In the top, you try to go to the bottom, and you just go backwards. It's boring. I'd rather have a bottom feeding racetrack. That brings us to Seacock with the Seacock report with Sean Miner. I didn't skunk him this week. I actually reminded him about us possibly recording early, which we didn't do, and now I'm suffering for it. Okay, as hour two rolls on, <laughs> Sean Miner. Seacock had a full card of racing on Saturday with the American Canadian Tour was in town for their Spring Green 1-2-3. This was a makeup race from the originally rained out attempt on June 3rd, and it gave Seacock's weekly racing uh, yeah, late miles a night off. Which is cool. They can at least give them a chance hey, to go gets run. a break. Yeah, give them a chance to go run the ACT race. You don't have to run double features. If you don't want to race, you can take the night off. What the hell with it? Trucks started the night with their Triple Crown finale. 17 trucks started in the 35-lap feature. Bobby Tripp and Dale Church would lead the field to green, and Tripp would lead the first handful of laps as Church would backslide. Meanwhile, radical Rick Martin would work his way up from fifth to take the lead in lap 11. The race would run green for the first 30 laps until a backmarker spin would bunch the field up. On the ensuing restart, Lenny Guy would slend up. I hope it's Guy, not Guy. I don't know this French shit. We're Americans. It's Guy. Okay, Guy. My guy, Lenny Guy, would slide up into Mike Cavallaro, also collecting Jeff Bellia. Belly. Uh, uh, he gave you a pronunciation. He gave me a pronunciation, too. Thanks, Sean. Apparently pronounced Belly A. Bellia? Belly I. Belly A? Belly A. So Jeff Belly A. Went belly up. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Be more funny. <laughs> oh man. I'm meanwhile up front Martin would pit, m- meanwhile up front Martin would win uncontested to take the win and a triple crown with Jake Venata second and Amy Arsenal third. Twenty six act leg miles took their track next and Jilly Pole started on the pole. Exciting. As a result of having a plus five from his heat race, I guess they do the... Yeah, ACT does plus minus, which punishes you if you start up front. Right. Which is not fair to anybody. They should just do an invert. Yeah, or a redraw. Yeah, that too. Andrew Moeller would take the lead on the initial start from the outside and led until the first caution for a single car spin by Seekonk regular Mike Brightman. Brightman would retire for the night. Pole would take the lead on the restart on from the outside and never give it up again. A few cautions for minor incidents allowed Derek uh, Bukaki. There you go. Yeah, to march his way up through the field and settle in a second. A hard crash into the wall by Tom Carey would result in a mm. late restart, allowing Glukaki to make a mild charge. But it was Pole taking the win. Glukaki second, and Tanner Woodward in third. Glukaki. 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 Bukaki. Glukaki. 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 Moving on. Sportsmen were next and were quite a doozy. Mm. Whoops a daisy. They had concluded their triple crown series with twenty two cars starting in the thirty five lap feature. That's a good number. 
Jimmy Sylvia apparently is back. Is not banned from Zcon. <laughs> not lifetime banned. I guess he must have died and came back to life. <laughs> apparently, yes. That's the only way to cure it. Yep. He's I, been there a bunch in the past couple of years, though. I know, but he was banned for life. And Didn't Dom- he get banned for life for trying to run over Josh Donata? Yes. Or Jake, or what's Josh his name? Josh Venata. Josh Venata, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm but punching. that's old news. Jimmy Sylvia and Donald Perry started on the front row with Sylvia would pull away for until a few single car spins within the first five laps would slow the field. Under yellow, officials black flagged Sylvia for an exhaust that was dragging on the track, forcing him outside and to the rear on the restart. This gave the front row to Chris Ryu and Doug Benoit. Benoit. We're Benoit. not saying Benoit. Sorry. Benoit would have a flat <laughs> and a spin, bringing out the caution again quickly. Adam Petty would take the lead on the restart as Sylvia would take it four wide and literally drive through Caleb Marco. Mar- Marceau? I have God no damn idea. these French people. Fuck. Fuck you, Seacock, and all your French names. God, these French Canadians are Leave us French people alone. Yeah, well, why don't you go surrender about What's it? wrong with Let's Smith? Move on. Sylvia would be parked for the night. <laughs> <laughs> Schedule tweet. Shocker. <laughs> long live Pepe. <laughs> Good old Pepe. Got At it. long last, the green flag He's run of here. about 11 laps allowed Chad Baxter to pass Petty for the lead. Meanwhile, Mark Healy and Mackenzie Stevenson would get hooked, and Stevenson would do a complete flip, but <laughs> luckily land on his wheels. Keep going. Unluckily, he would erupt in <laughs> flames. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't keep going. Oh, then. shit. <laughs> as soon as he came to the stop. Stop. Oh, my God. At least he was upright. The safety crew removed him from the car quickly, and Mackenzie would take the ambulance ride, but would post on Facebook that he was okay. The rest of the field must have taken note of this incident because they settled down after this. Baxter would take the win on in the Triple Crown with Petty in second and Craig Pianca in third. Petty with an E. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Just for the audience, you got to remember it's not the yeah. same guy. At least I pronounced it right. Oh, you are. Yeah. For the reference, the act race ran 123 laps in one hour, four minutes. The sportsman ran 35 laps in 52 minutes. Ouch. God, they That's suck. a shit show. Pro Stocks ended the night with 15 cars starting their regular 40 lap mm-hmm. feature. Last week, Dave Darling had a tire go down and stopped on the racetrack drawing yellow. The track After the track not waiting for him to exit the pits to restart as well as getting called out for his antics on social media, media's, uh, yeah, sorry, Darling's team stated they were done for this year. Yeah. Well, again. Oh, they're going to throw another fucking tantrum just again. like they always fucking do. They're done again. goddamn children. It's okay. Again. We're we're done for the fourth just, time. Just Dave Darling, fucking retire from racing. You you don't deserve it. <laughs> it's like a Beatles reunion. It's like a, a it's Eagles reunion. It's so fucking reunion. childish. Oh, uh, I didn't get my way because I stopped on the track and intentionally drew a yellow. And, and then they he, didn't let me keep racing. There was so that. I'm going to throw a tantrum and never race again. And then he did that one thing a few weeks ago where he had bad handling and spun the car out on purpose after announcing on his own team's radio that he was going to do it. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then shit-talking the track last year. Fuck this guy. He's a piece of fucking shit. I lost all my respect for him last year. This yeah. just keeps compounding the issue. Moving on. So this week, Daryl Stampliff. And Mike Rotundo. 
the Daryl Stamphill? Stamphill, whatever. I remember that name. And Rotundo would would lead the field to the green and start the race with a decent green flag run. Dylan Estrello in last week's winner. Hold on, I see something coming up here. Uh, Bobby Poland the third. Bobby Pelland, nice. Poland. How many fucking thirds are Pronunciations there? with Jesse. Yeah. Bobby Pellin. Bobby Pellin. There you go. Know. Yeah. That's that's what it is. <laughs> and now I'll get shit Se- for it because I probably said it wrong. Seacock has it's the a- wildest driver names. So they would start to pick off cars one by one from to advance from their mid-pack starting positions. Where's Vinny Arnagondo? When you yeah. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. It's like I can't wait for Jesse to get to Vinny's name. Yeah, good so, luck. I don't know what I'm going to come up with if I run someone across this. Someone hit him over the back of the head. He's stuttering. He's stuck. Hey, it's just a broken record, Skip. Vinny Arugula. I don't. I can't even say it right. The guy's got the greatest last name in short track racing. I had to practice it. Let's go. Isn't it like a run a run a Hour three of making last podcast is brought to you by us because we can't shut the fuck up. By hooked on phonics. Hooked on. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Oh my god. God. Let's go. So let's see. Estrella would take the lead, and Scully would spin. Hmm. Mike Rotundo a lap later, bringing out the first caution of the feature. As the field came to halfway, Stampfle. <laughs> Stampfell. Stampfle. Stampfle. <laughs> he would chop the nose of Ryan Sulieri. Another one. Great. Sending both spitting, resulting in Poland. Great. Poland. Making an impressive uh, evasive maneuver to escape without contact. The lap 20 restart showed Pellin move an impressive charge in the, out on the outside, but Estrella would eventually pull away. A quick spin by Stampfle. Sean's going to be putting pronunciations on every single fucking name for every single. <laughs> it word looks like they podcast. stopped. It looks. It's, it, it, why did they stop halfway through spelling his name? That's what I don't it looks know. Like. It's like half a name. Allowed the leaders to do it all over again. This week, Pellin would get by Estrella on the high side and clear him. After racing side-by-side side cleanly for about seven or eight laps, Pellin would cruise to his second consecutive victory with Estrella in segment, second and Mike Brightman in third. Cool. Brightman's been doing good lately. That was your Seacon report with our Seacon correspondent, Sean Miner. Thank you yet again. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate For all it. your efforts and putting that out there because we love Seacon, but we can never make it there for some reason because I'm usually stuck half of the time going to Waterford to film and they go up against each other on Saturday nights. Or I have eye surgery, whatever the case may be. All right, we're going to breeze uh, through national shit because let's only- just do the talking points. There's only two things that really happened. Mostly, uh, Ty Gabe's, uh, he kind of dominated most of this race. Yep. I love the fact that Kaz Growler went bowling for a banner. That was great. He plowed that fucker. He made contact with Sammy Smith that they had a little pissing match or whatnot. Yeah, down the back stretch to the inner loop yeah. the bus stop. He got one of the it. pins and in slow motion, just go bowling.com. You see the water come out of that thing? Yeah. Jesus, that thing's fucking hard. Water, grass, everything. It's like they had a bucket in the middle of it. Max McLaughlin had a had a, a rare start and junked his shit. 
which is why he's not in Xfinity. Yeah. Just, Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Junked his shit. He that gets was rides hard. based on his name. Moving on. All right. So there's a restart here with with this restart with Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs. All right. So we got a Silver Spoon Kid and a Platinum Spoon Kid. Correct. And before that. <laughs> The restart before that where there was supposedly an incident between the two, I thought it was just kind of a racing deal because they came up through the S's next to each other. Yeah. It looked like Mayer hit Ty Gibbs first, and then Gibbs just kind of came off the normal line, and Mayer was still there and got into him, and Mayer thinks that Gibbs ran into him. And it's like, no, you ran him incredibly tight through the S's, and he left you a lane. And I usually don't form a an opinion that defends Ty Gibbs, but at that time I kind of did. I thought it was more of a racing deal than anything malicious. Yeah. But uh, I don't think Sam Mayer saw it that way. So, yeah, a few cars got crashed, whatever. So the other restart after, you know, everyone. Yeah, the final restart. And whatnot. Essentially. Yeah, Mayer plowed fucking Gibbs. Just took him straight plowed out in turn one. I mean, that hit was so bad that Austin Hill's pissed off at him. Well, Austin Hill got turned around and when uh gibbs was spinning in front of him and throwing up smoke it, cole it, custer him spots cole custer ran into austin hill and spun him out because they were just stacking up when gibbs spun out yeah so i guess he, he uh, yeah uh, but he might not have had he not spun him out so yeah so yeah uh sheldon uh sheldon powers yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, he would take the lead. Did you see the condition of the racetrack that last restart? It was horrible. Holy shit, it was awful. It was like a dirt track. Yeah, there was dirt and water and snot and and oil pus. and like it's, coming this out not of the came from from the nineteen. Somebody's Brian? yeah. No, it's somebody's car freaking pissed all over the racetrack on the restart before that, or yeah. the the reason the caution that set up the final restart, I should say. But coming through the carousel, um, what was it? Josh Berry was in third, and he just lost the thing coming out of the carousel because there was so much shit and oil on the track that he just spun out. Coming through the next corner, you know, um, what's his name there? The leader, Sheldon Creed. He hit all the fucking dust coming through the final turn, and that thing just went straight, and that allowed um, Mayer to the bottom, and that was pretty much over from there. But I'm like... Dude, the racetrack was horrible. It was it was a shit show. What embarrassing. The conditions were horrid. You know, the racing was horrid. It was just a free for all piece of shit racing. Yeah. I've seen I've seen downhill gravity matchbox cars r- races better than this one. I mean, you can we got to discuss the merits behind the Gibbs and Mayer thing because to be fair, I don't feel bad for Ty Gibbs in the least about him getting spun out. Right. However, Sam Mayer still raced like a complete piece of shit, which is exactly the same stuff that we used to bitch out Ty Gibbs for. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't feel bad for Ty Gibbs because he died by the sword. Yeah. But at the same time, Sam Mayer is still a dickhead. Like, I still don't think that... He's still a silver spoon dickhead anyway. Yeah. His father used to race. Yeah, fuck him. So, so I completely didn't see this race. Mm-hmm. All I saw was the... The incident and people talking about it on on Tweetbook and X face watching yeah just watching <laughs> the replay I was like okay Sam overshot the corner wheel hopped and fucking wrecked tie 
I don't feel bad for Ty. I don't feel bad for Sam. But then I looked more into it and realized what a dick Sam was racing like. And I still don't feel bad for Ty. Oh, no. I don't I feel, feel bad for him. I feel zero bad for for Sam. Ty Gibbs, uh, we get a lot of shit for his quote after the race on oh Sunday. Oh, my God. This is the most Nepo baby quote I've ever heard in my life. Oh, I'm racing on Sunday. Shit. He has more starts and I have more wins. Yeah, and your fucking name's on the building, so why don't you calm down, mister? I've never held a fucking job in my life, and my granddaddy paid for me to learn how yeah. to drive race I started, cars. Yeah, I, I started life on third base and pretended I hit a triple. Yep, that's Ty Gibbs. That's him. My entire yeah, life I've spent learning how to drive race cars because my granddaddy paid for me to do so. And yes, again, like we've said on this show, <coughs> you can be taught how to drive race cars. Austin, yeah, it's only 20%. Yeah, Austin Hill said that he doesn't have any respect for Mayor after the race, which is kind of funny. He's the Nepo baby, too, because he brings two, $3 million to Richard Silva's racing anyway. Exactly. Yeah, but Austin Hill is uh, to me is different because he struggled for years in shit equipment. True. Yeah, he brought money, but he he earned his position where he is. Yeah, to a point. Because yeah, actually... I mean he w- he won three races in the young equipment in the truck series, and people were like, "Wait a minute, what? What? That shit shouldn't win races." Yeah, that's that is true, and that's like C tier equipment. Yeah. Plus, Austin's an actual good old boy from Georgia. That will fuck your day up. I wouldn't yeah, go mouthing off to him. Yeah, ask, he's definitely a <laughs> corn-fed country boy. Yeah, ask, uh, what's his name, Myatt Snyder. Yeah, where's he yeah, been that, lately? That he could, well. Yeah, he's not anywhere, and his jaw still hurts. <laughs> likely. That's it. Very likely. All right, so what do we got for Cup? Um, William Byron dominated until 36 laps to go when Chase Elliott ran out of gas and that whole bullshit. We already talked about the Chase Elliott running out of gas thing and why everybody's an idiot. So, yeah, and uh, let's see, that really fucked his day up. Yeah, everybody, yeah, no comment, no nothing, nothing from the media. And you know what? Fuck the media, don't care. Mm -hmm. Michael McDowell, he was fast until (laughs) he was fast until Satan said, (laughs) Hey. Listen, about last week, yeah, that soul you owe me, yeah, you guys I'm now, that. Um, it's time to take it, you know, the time to pay the piper, because he had two pit road penalties, and uh, yeah, and then, and then the car just freaking quit on him. Yeah, the car just him. fucking quit on him. It's just like, I'm done, bro. He was fast, too. He led laps, and then it's like, compounded problem, problem, compounded problem, now it won't run. Now you're done. It's yeah. like, whoops. So, Kyle, yeah, the last lap, I guess, Carl, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going to happen about, I don't know what happened. I wish I would see more media about what they had to say or whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah about Kyle Larson either. and Austin Dillon, they had a little pissing match, and then Kyle Larson. Dillon moved him, and then Kyle Larson stayed to his inside, and he's like, he oh, I was, I was just trying to hold position on him. And it's like, you're the biggest bullshitter in the history of the sport because we know you fucking shipped it in there to fucking get rid of the guy and you ended up ruining your own race, you dumb fuck. It would be, he, he went full Danica. Yeah. Wrecked himself trying to wreck someone else. If I say that he kamikazed him, would we get canceled? It's only half, I guess, so... I yeah, know. I better not say that then. Let's yeah. not say I better that. not say that he went full. Let's not kama- say the quiet part out loud. This let's time. not. Yeah, let's not say that he went full kamikaze on him. Let's not say that. 
No, we're not saying that. No. Uh, no. yeah. Just to reiterate, Japanese people, that. I guess, aren't as uh, <laughs> a, a, a little bit lower on the lung of the ladder of repression. Yeah, they're not that high up. So, so Byron would just take off and just beat everyone's ass. That's his fifth win of the year. Yep, first road course win. Priest had a good day, finished in seventeenth. He was the top finishing SHR car, which isn't saying After much because 31st. he finished seven fucking teenth. <laughs> After starting thirty first. <laughs> yep. Brent's all out of notes. I am all out of notes. I'm all Everyone out of... Everyone says, thank God we could finally turn this piece of shit show off. I've had my eyes shut for about three quarters of the show, and we had to redo about mm, a half hour of it because our recording shut off. <sighs> anyway, anybody else have any final thoughts? Oh... I think I'm done. I'm gonna go jam eye drops into my. If face. I have anything, if I have anything else, I'll bring it up next week. I am gonna go drop drive eye medicine into my face and try to get some sleep because I have another doctor's appointment literally tomorrow, the day after surgery. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. Hey, you want to send us some feedback? Feel free. Send that over uh, email to Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com, or you can have your voice heard. You can go over to anchor.fm or Spotify for podcasters, whatever the hell it is now. Slash making laps and have your voice heard by selecting the voicemail option. You can find me on Instagram and Zitter Twitter X thing at BrentGleason01. You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash BrentGleason. You can find Phil at Boy Enough. At P. Jakes Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find Jesse. Uh, Here hosting the show when I can't see. You can find me doing this. <gasps> yes, thank you. All right, how do we end the show and please do it nicely or I'm banning you. And he's banned. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate no, no, it. No, please don't ban me. You're banned. <laughs>